0: Is it some devil that crawls inside of you?
1: Hey folks, welcome back to the Bad Etiquette Podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Bronson. Remy the dogs on the bed. It. and I have a guest here today.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Lyrial Tell. I like that. <laughs> perfect. Awesome. How you doing? Good.
1: Yeah. What'd you think about the drive over here?
2: It was empty and felt like true detective and <laughs> I thought like at night I might see aliens when I drive out of
1: here. 100% though there's some fucking weird shit that goes on between here and and Santa Maria because of the base, Air Force Base. Oh, yeah. There's 100% aliens out there. People are talking about Stormy Area 51 right now. They, it, it's a, it's a Fugazi. They need to go to Vandenberg right now. Exactly. Ah, uh, man. They're like, there's lights above the city, like on those hilltops behind us. And yeah. it is, it looks like there's just UFOs sitting up there all the time.
2: See, I, living out here being on the coast and just like we just turn start to like ignore things when you see it then all of a sudden you're like i've never seen a plane that looks like that what is it and mm-hmm. then just do it you just kind of like oh, move on whatever move on
1: <laughs> you can pull that closer it'll pull out to you you don't have to cool. scoot in so far um yeah well go for it fucking yeah. nice mm-hmm. reach. all you thanks you're my not my first guest maybe my second guest to smoke live on air smoke weed i wouldn't let a cigarette in my fucking (laughs) room it's disgusting you can move that ashtray over if you want thanks i moved it out of the way because i was like i don't know if it's stinky (laughs) you know when you're like in an environment so long you can't really tell what what it smells like oh no
2: completely i'm used to sleeping with a bong next to the bed and i feel really guilty about that nasty (laughs) someone else will smell it and be like oh what's wrong with you (laughs) yeah that's that (laughs) smells like old mcdonald's trash bongs are nasty (laughs) I'm, I'm back to joints. I go back and forth.
1: Really? I, I, yeah. I smoke weed about as often as people eat ice cream. <laughs> you know, unless there's some like ice cream addicts out there. We're not talking about the fucking anomalies of society. Not talking about
2: fringe ice cream culture. Well, it I, I do way too much because of jujitsu. It's like, oh, time for class. Let me smoke. Oh, after class, let me eat some. Like I've never... Smoked and rolled before. Oh, it's the most calming thing because it takes away all distraction and you just end up focusing on what you're doing. Like I don't think about oh this bill is due or Mm -hmm. I'm have to go to work tomorrow. It's like oh this guy is trying to kill me. How do I stop him? We'll see (laughs) when I'm doing jujitsu.
1: Like that that makes everything else go by the wayside because this person's trying to kill me. So (laughs) it's like or my joints need to stay in place.
2: Yeah, it's it's a good way to like for me. It just like takes away my add that's just mm-hmm. i'm all over the place and i'm just i feel focused there you go and I, I really i like that way more than just like stressing about what else is going on and trying to forget during warm-ups it's like oh no this is all that's happening right now yeah. also
1: i did jujitsu at a gym in solving and it was like a, a family gym and yeah it was called youth empowered and i couldn't just fucking light up outside you know i feel like if you go to uh academy like paragon like the the black belts are smoking weed too oh yeah yeah it's it's (laughs) part of the culture yeah exactly (laughs) whereas um it's not you know when you when the the fucking jujitsu coaches are also high school wrestling coaches you can't really just like smoke with them
2: right and And, i think it also leans to creativity like it, it lets you like Stop focusing so much on like, oh, what's the image of this? Mm-hmm. What's this and that? And it's like, hey, check out this thing I just figured out. Like, it's what, what's
1: something that that's happened to you? Because I've, I remember like my first in- instant of like, oh, I can do that in jujitsu was this is really early on. You could tell someone planted their arm mm-hmm. and it was a wrestler because wrestlers always plant their fucking arms on the ground. And so I was like, oh, I smacked it out of the, I was <laughs> like, I pushed it and he like lost his fucking balance and <laughs>
2: fell. And I was like, oh, I could do that. I didn't even think about that. It's just fucking sitting there. So, uh- I'm about 3 years deep into it so mm-hmm. I I kind of feel like I know the basics of what I'm doing. And there's times where I get with like a brand new white belt. Uh They're in guard and they want to just dig their elbows into your Mm -hmm. thighs as hard as possible. I've seen that meme. (laughs) Yeah. So what I love to do because I've got longer legs Mm -hmm. is I'll turn that elbow in, pull them into me, and they're stuck in a triangle. Yeah. They have nowhere to go. And it's like,
1: it feels so good to be like, oh, Oh, yeah, you're stuck. uh, So validating when I'm like,
2: I do that too. Yeah. (laughs) But it's really fun because, like, they don't see it coming. They're like, I know this hurts. And it's like, do that all you want. You're just setting me up. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Some people are into that. Yeah.
1: Dig deeper into the fucking (laughs) nine.
2: Yeah. It's it's, it's controlled (laughs) self-harm. Oh, that's beautiful. Controlled self-harm. That's what
1: skateboarding is. Skateboarding is fucking masochism.
2: Oh, tell me if I started skateboarding when I was, like, nine years old and I didn't put it down until, like four or five years ago because i'm like this just hurts too much i fucking i was skating yesterday and i've been skating since i
1: was 10 years old and it just my i felt like an old man my back's killing me my ankle i have to warm up for like 20 minutes before i can like start doing what i'm like good at
2: on a skateboard it it's horrible that weed smells really good i'm really uh, enjoying that for sure please (laughs) like (sighs) i i i liked skating in a way that Didn't hurt me, but I still found a way like I like to
1: (laughs) 100% me fucking too. You think I'm jumping down handrails? No, I'm sitting on curbs and I'm still bleeding.
2: Oh, ours were like snake runs, pools Mm -hmm. and stuff like that in Florida. Like, oh, you're from Florida. Yeah, that's Florida trash. Oh, big time. Well, mostly like the South in general, like North Carolina down to like Florida was kind of like where I spent most of Mm -hmm. middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. but I have lived all over the country. I went to 12 different schools before I graduated high school.
1: Wow, I went to seven or eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. I went to six high schools.
2: Damn. Yeah. That's... I went
1: to... That's d- why I'm so woke, folks. I, you're, I know you people everywhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, and, and the Keys, no less. So... Oh, wow. Key Largo is where I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Like... It was such a different kind of school. It was a different environment. Like, growing up in the South, like, mm-hmm. part of the reason why, like, um, <coughs> we'll, we'll have to, I guess we'll get into this now. Like, part of the reason I didn't come out mm-hmm. until I was, you know, like in my 30s was. That's be, a long damn time. Growing up in the South, like, you'll probably die. I'll yeah. oh, probably kill I, that's you. One of my
1: questions it was, like, why do people, this is what, here, we can just go to one of my questions, sure. but um, I was like, why do you think, um, trans girls are, are murdered so much
2: it's weird because it's like this that's a h- horrible wording yeah <laughs> but no it's so true though it's it's part of why i started jujitsu was like mm-hmm. i don't want to be killed but it's the <laughs>
1: same that's why i started <laughs> yeah My brother-in-law was killed so i was like i fucking need to not be killed yeah too. know how
2: to defend yourself and it's it's weird how like Like, the first real insult that boys would, like, throw at each other is, like, hey, faggot. Yeah. And that one was always... It it felt harmless, but at the same time, you're like, no, it's more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. Like, the amount of beatings I took because people thought I was gay, I was like, oh, I'm not gay, but it's... I don't know. I'm You you weren't going to, (laughs)
1: like... Well, actually, explain. Yeah, I can't go deeper uh, here. Shoving you in a locker. You're like, no, it's not like that. I still like girls. Oh, you locked
2: it. Damn. But sometimes i think it's not only like religious upbringing but their fear of something that they like like a perfect example is if you think of the movie um remember ace ventura yeah making fun of the Mm crying game (laughs) every one of those men made out with her at some point yeah but then they got all freaked out when they saw she had a dick it's like what's the problem you liked her up until that point you made out with her till that point
1: (laughs) no one has to know you made out with her I mean, fucking you reacted and you didn't like who cares if you kiss someone, you didn't even know they had a dick. Right. You were fooled. (laughs) Well, and unless you were touching it.
2: (laughs) But even then, it's weird because it's like, what is it that people like about each other? Why are men afraid of like a woman that may have the same sex origin? It's like, are you that angry? She can't make you a baby or are you like, what is it that is really
1: question? Because like. Like, you sent me a meme or something that Bailey J posted. Yeah. And Bailey J's fucking hot, but she has a cock. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, like, a weird kind of, like, well, sometimes this person makes me feel uncomfortable. Sometimes these people make me feel like they're attractive, and now I'm confused. And then you get all that ushered in of, like, your own personal insecurities of, like, wait, what, am I a fag, too? Oh, no! And you have this, like, fucking what's it called cognitive dissonance
2: yeah and that's the weird thing too is trying to convince boys that if you like a trans girl it doesn't make you gay like there's there's a lot of difference in spectrum like there's like to kind of give a weird breakdown you have like drag queens mm-hmm. that's the ones that people mostly see and those are predominantly gay men that like mm-hmm. to play a character and they'll dress up sometimes there's trans girls that do drag but they usually live full time as a woman as well so a lot of times people will think like, especially when I was early in transition, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, how long have you been doing drag? I'm like, honey, this is my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, this is every day. And so you, you kind of have to explain that to certain people that maybe not like have never encountered that, that a mm-hmm. trans woman is someone who is and lives as a woman full time. Mm-hmm. And versus say someone who is a cross-dresser, which is a straight boy who just likes to wear girls clothes once in a while and is typically like a-
1: Do they really live as a, a girl the whole time? Do you ever just like flex on ladies in the, in the bathroom and stand up and piss?
2: Okay. <laughs> so I have a joke for that. <laughs> like if I'm ever wearing something too complicated yeah. or if the bathroom is way too <clears throat> gross, I will totally stand to take a pee. I call it tranny privilege. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's good, I like that. How do you feel about that word, tranny?
2: That one I don't mind as long as it, it's it's all about intent. intent, yeah, for sure. Like like someone calls you dude. We were talking about this mm-hmm. earlier. Dude is not offensive unless they go, whoa, that's a dude.
1: Yeah, because they, they're they, not calling you a dude. They're saying they're they're uh, it's objectifying you. In exactly, yeah. changes the mechanism of the sentence. Not the same thing,
2: right? And so it, it, it's all about intent with that, and that's why you know to circle back to where we were with like why do they you know trans girls get killed so much? Mm-hmm. I think that men don't know how to understand. Or express themselves in that way that, like, I like this. It's Mm -hmm. okay to like something, and it doesn't make you any less of a person because of what you like or what you find attractive. A lot of
1: stigma surrounding being uh, attracted to someone like that. If you are in the South too, because there might be some regressive ways of thinking. Oh yeah. Um, I I still have seen things that I've misunderstood, and I've never had the urge to kill. That, so that's what, like, whether it be an animal or person or a concept, like, so that's, I think more behind my question is, like, why do you think people have the tendency to murder people?
2: What's weird is there's laws to protect them. Like, have you heard of the trans panic law?
1: Um, no, I haven't.
2: So in a few states now, it's finally been erased and they've taken it out. But Uh it's basically if a guy takes a girl home, Uh finds out she has a dick and he kills her. Uh he doesn't go to jail because he was tricked. That it was they call it trans panic. And that's a defense that has gotten people out of jail that have killed trans girls.
1: That sounds like make believe. That sounds like, oh my,
2: like what? Yeah. Fucking,
1: I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to laugh, but that's it, fucking. I, it's so absurd. ridiculous. It's kind of absurd.
2: Yeah. But it's like an honestly, I didn't know any of this shit until I came out. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know how bad it was. Like I knew it was bad and I knew that there was all this kind of stuff. You should have
1: had a Tumblr. You'll know how, (laughs) people will let you know how bad it is. Right.
2: But I I avoided the information. I was like, I don't Mm want to look into this because it's going to confirm my suspicions and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I even, it was active information avoidance for so many years. Mm -hmm. Like I I do that with all kinds of shit. (laughs) Well, it's like, I knew when I was young, like I, I used to like the library was where I lived. Mm-hmm. Like I, so all, you're like a homeless person. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it. Was latchkey kid, so it might as well have been. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> we lived like them. Yeah. But really, like I would go to the library. I would read all these books, and I came across this book one time called My Husband Betty, and mm-hmm. it was like late '90s, and it was like this book that this lady had written about her husband who transitioned to and the '90s, don't too exactly. So. so that book got my attention, and I'm like, "Well, shit." <laughs> that's going to be me one of these days, but how do I explain this to a How, your how really old different? were you when you found that? know um, let's see. It was 98 or 99. Dude, I was four. <laughs> yeah. So it <that> was probably <laughs> like 50, that's probably like 15 or 16, somewhere in there. But I knew I had other tendencies like way younger that like, like, Okay. So I listen to Bert Kreischer is terrible. I love him, yeah. but he does that thing called Secret Time, yeah. where he's like, "Okay, it's I love doing that in my house." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, me uh-huh. and me and Becca do that weird. all the time. We're like, oh "Okay, Secret God. Time." So Secret Time, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was little, what I used to do was I like to read from a really young age. Mm-hmm. This was like elementary school. Like I would be home, like no, start middle school, like sixth grade. I would be home alone from the hours of 2.30 until about 5.
1: Yeah, okay, good little chunk of time.
2: Yeah, Yeah. sometimes my sister would be there, sometimes she would be at an after-school thing or whatever, but I would be at home Mm -hmm. by myself, I'd go into the attic, there was a bag of clothes, there was a dress that fit me, I would put on that dress and sit in the back and read a book. That's so cute. And I was like, I don't understand why I feel so much better like this. Like, And I even... like. All my friends were girls. All these things like, just kind of lined up in place. I think that's
1: something I'm really curious about is how do you know if um, gender's a... Remy, stop. Stop. Yeah. You knock it off. If gender's a social construct, how come it's so validating to be a part of something that you weren't born into?
2: It's funny how much time you spend thinking about that because it's like knowing that this is all the matrix and being able to see through it and knowing that these kind of things, it's, it's hard when you're like, okay, how much of this is made up? How much of this is internal? It's like, a lot of it is fitting into society. Like so much of what, um, from like the makeup I wear and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like it's all, it all provides a social trigger to get people to, to identify. Yeah, to, to treat you the right way and to like use the right pronouns and that sort of thing. Well, listen, I would never want to be treated like a woman. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, I have lost so much. My driving's gotten worse since I got on estrogen.
1: <laughs> I know. I saw you turn around. And I was like,
2: there you go. Yeah, you know. It's right? a fucking chick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's weird how... Doing certain things like that also make you happy. And being a part of that culture, having similar experiences.
1: That's a good point because there's some dunderheaded dude things I do where I'm like, I'm a guy, <laughs> what can I say? And it makes me feel like very validated and very comfortable in my position as a, a man. Yeah,
2: and I hung around boys growing up and I was like, I am so confused by everything you guys are Ooh, doing. What was
1: confusing to you? Maybe I can validate some of those yeah. fucking questions.
2: So. <laughs> One of the things was just how how mean we all were to each other back just then. Just busting each other's balls all the time. In like the most aggressive way. Like the, yeah. the worse it was, the more they loved you. Oh, that's great. But then being on the other side of that and being around women that are very supportive and are very like encouraging, I'm like, this is so much better. Like this is I hated having to like be mean to fit in, yeah. Versus like, oh my god, your hair is so pretty. Like, oh, like- it's
1: such a relief when I could be mean to fit in. I don't have to be nice at all. And one thing I notice about uh, the difference between men and women, and, and at least in that um, area, is that women are a lot more backstabby, and then they're really supportive. And then behind your back, you're like, well, why is why are things shaky? How come Sarah hasn't texted me back? What's going on? You know. And then <laughs> yeah. with guys, it's like oh, all surface. This fucker. Yeah, it's all surface. So then it's like, then you get it out. You get it out like i if i don't like the way one of my friends does something like i'll tell him like if like there's this uh, girl i work with now and she wears the most atrocious body spray and drowns the entire fucking office in it oh and God. i i'm not comfortable saying anything but if it was like my friend i'd be like dude what the fuck are you trying to gas chamber me stop you know what i mean or if i'm over to my friend's house i'd be like hey dude um like one time i got drunk with my friend in public we're like teenagers and i took him into a albertson's and i sprayed him with ax body spray because he smelled so bad you know what i mean where it's like these things are not you know you can't do that to a woman that's not how they operate
2: it's funny you say that because living in the keys there's a lot of bridges uh-huh. i hung out with not just punks but crusties that yeah. just didn't shower there huh. was one time we're going down the road mm-hmm. we're in my we're in my car i had an 89 honda prelude this t- tiny little honda nice. right my friend Carl is on the front seat next to me, and mm-hmm. this kid is the worst. Worst smelling. Fucker. So we, we kinda of just look in the back seat. I pull over. Like the guys in the back knew what we were doing. We grabbed him, we threw him off the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, dude, this is the closest thing to a shower. We're gonna get this kid. <laughs>
1: Bathed him. Like just fucking baptism by uh,
2: that jean odor. jacket was just awful. Like we even got that oh, thing. Yeah,
1: you can't, you're not allowed to wash jean jackets. You know that, right?
2: This is Florida. You don't need a jean jacket. It's too hot true. for that it's shit even if the true. sleeves are cut off. It's
1: true, but um you don't wash cuts and nope. you don't wash your turbo youth cut. You can't that's illegal. You get uh, a get um hang dried and quartered is that what it's called? <laughs> so if you so. wash it. Yeah, you can't do that. That's not allowed. No. You 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 didn't know better. You were you were still like a poser back then. Yeah, that's right. Because you're like you smell. Although you know, I think that's a fantastic way to like mitigate um, any fucking scene pressure you'd feel in a like, mm, fucking out the, out the door into the.
2: Do you know what's funny? You know how I fit into the scene? Like I went to so many hardcore shows. Yeah. But I was the uh, and I refer to myself in the past as a girl because I always was. Mm -hmm. But like I was the girl with the camera, the disposable camera, like getting all the shots of the pit, but being just on the side or being up near the stage.
1: It's a a great way because like people are a lot more sensitive of photographers and then they also they want their picture taken. So I'm not going to knock you or knock it out of your hand or anything. At least you hope.
2: Oh, I even got like this is how crazy it got at some point. I have the like. God, this was 2003. No, 2005. I have a Guar set on VHS because oh, I got whoa. a video pass to film them. Whoa. Yeah. What like, year? So this was like uh, 2005. Okay. Yeah, Just, back okay. when Odious was still alive. Yeah. And rest um, in peace,
1: Odious Arungus. Oh,
2: this was a beautiful burial. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, I was hanging out at this comic book store because. I read comics, but not like the nerdy mm-hmm. comics. Like the like, if you remember Slave Labor, they did like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, yeah. Lenore, all those. I love Slave Labor comics.
1: That's the nerdy kind. What are you talking I, about? Yeah, those right. are the worst kind. <laughs> yeah, when I I have comic books right here, and I do not have any of that shit in
2: there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I bought comics for girls. Remy, stop. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know what?
1: That's a perfect uh, segue into your tattoo there.
2: Oh, yeah. My, my uh, Tank Girl tattoo. I almost watched that last night with Lori Petty. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It is it's wonderful. On, it's on Amazon Prime right now. If yes. People want to
1: see it. Um, Because I got really into her because I just watched Point Break again.
2: And I was like, God, she's fucking hot in that movie. Oh, yeah. But I don't think she's hot now. She's yeah. old. <laughs> she got old. But in that movie, she's like in her like... late late 20s like Like her
1: character she plays is like 22 23 that's what's weird i'm at the age where like movie characters are now younger than me i'm like oh like just barely i'm 24 so i'm like i'm right there people talk about being adults and Mm -hmm. being like grown men or grown women and they're like 24 25 i was like holy shit oh it doesn't get my mom dry the dishes (laughs) i'm like i don't know what you're fucking doing I just threw that in there because that's something I would never do. But I totally fucking flexed on my relationship with my mom. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> I fucking dried the dishes. We're cool. That's awesome. But so hanging out at this comic book store, he got tapped to film and write an article for a magazine that was in Charlotte. Mm-hmm and he goes I can't go I've got to go do this thing here's the credentials you go and do it so I went yeah I got to interview the band um got a video pass I came back that that show actually made a girl break up with me get to that oh I'm
1: excited I can't wait
2: (laughs) so it was great like she had never heard of the band I was like Uh hey I got this this pass I was like I'm going she's like yes can I go with you
1: fucking god I love that shit (laughs) Keep going. Yeah. And I was like, I
2: don't know if you want to go or not. Like, they're kind of rough. Like, Mm -hmm. I know parents think, like, Marilyn Manson's evil. No, these guys are actually the real evil ones. Like, and so she went, and I was like, stay away from the front, stay towards the back. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. why? I was like, well, one, there's a giant dick that's going to shoot stuff at you. And then that's just the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's act one. (laughs) And so we went, we hung out. Like, I got the, the tape. And on the way home, we stop at Waffle House because it's Charlotte. I love Waffle House. I've never
1: gotten to go to Waffle House. Gotta get to one.
2: (laughs) And so I'm like, what'd you think of the show? Like, it was kind of crazy. Oh, because the opening band was All That Remains. And then Mm -hmm. another band that I can't. I cannot stand this band, but I love their name, Alabama Thunder Pussy.
1: Oh, I've heard of them. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, they
2: were the two openers for this band. So she sat through both of those, and this Mm -hmm. poor girl, I don't think she's ever been to a hardcore show or anything like that. Oh, you
1: fucking baptism by black (laughs) cock is what that is. It really was. That's not okay.
2: Yep. But it is. (laughs) She goes, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, and I take her home.
1: That was an awkward car ride home.
2: Oh, it was. Then I waited for her to call me the next day. She finally called me in the afternoon and she goes, you know what? I'm sorry. If this is what you're into and you find entertaining, I don't know if we'd be that good together. <laughs> and I'm like fresh out of high school. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Thanks anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: thanks anyway. Jesus.
2: So I, I probably ruined her. She's probably married to some like like nice Christian boy that wears like polos and shit. Now. She probably like <laughs>
1: goes into her closet and takes this box down, and it has like the tickets to the Guar show. Oh. And she God. Like- When her husband's at work and she fucking grabs the remote and shoves it in her pussy (laughs) and thinks about the giant cock that was shooting stuff at her.
2: Okay, here's a little sidebar to that story that I think you'll find funny. Mm -hmm. This place was Tremont Music Hall on Tremont Street. Mm -hmm. And this was in Charlotte. And this was a very predominantly black neighborhood. Uh guar is unloading their gear and it's like babies on spikes and yeah, shit. Yeah. And there's nothing funnier than seeing like 20 black guys all lined up on the fence, looking at this, like terrified, like what the fuck are these white people doing? <laughs> like, It was such know, an interesting it, it's, scene. It's, it's <laughs>
1: so funny to think that white people are scared of black people when we have like, bands like that and shit.
2: Yeah. Right. And they're just carrying in like all this, like really satanic imagery and dead babies on spikes. And it's like, like, oh, I would have loved to
1: <laughs> see that. That's hilarious.
2: That, yeah, that was, I saw like so many bands played there and I just recently looked it up and it like burned down. I'm like, oh, of course. Ugh, Jesus.
1: And Charlotte, North Carolina? <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Yep. I was there from okay. like from middle school to like my junior years when we moved down to Florida.
1: I was getting Charlottesville confused because I was like, mm, that's not there. But I knew I did a yeah. book report on Virginia when I was like in fifth grade. So I, oh. I, I fucking <laughs> knew everything I thought. Anyways, um, <laughs> I have to I'm so sorry I have to pee so bad I fucking drank way too much coffee and water I was like oh did you bring your water and then I drank too much and now I'm having to interrupt this fantastic podcast I might be dying of a renal failure you think that's funny but I'm dead serious I'm terrified of that. that's how my grandfather died and oh what's going on okay never mind Uh oh, sorry your weed got me I'm like what's going on with my computer here we're back folks a little bathroom break I'm sorry um fuck so wh- where were you born new hampshire of all places what in the ass new hampshire that's one of the funniest freaking names of any that's the funniest name of any state i've ever heard well what name one state that's funnier sounding you can't it's new no. hampshire fuckers
2: <laughs> yeah so okay just a quick rattle off of all the places i yeah, lived yeah, growing let's up let's do it So born in New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. Ohio, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, Arizona.
1: Damn. Those are all not trans friendly places from Mm what I understand.
2: No, not really. And my dad was a nuclear power. so So he was the Hulk. Um, more like Homer Simpson. He had, he had Homer's job um, safety inspector for like years. I thought it was wow. the funniest thing.
1: I think that's funny. But until he comes home with six eyes, you're like, huh?
2: Yeah. Right. This acid's really good. You could explain this too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And, but what's funny is all my family is from North Carolina. They were all born and raised there. My sister was born and raised there. And yeah. then somehow I pop out in New Hampshire.
1: That's weird.
2: So why, why, how'd you get to New Hampshire? Um, well, my dad's job, they move like like once a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was
1: Arizona like? Because that sounds like actual hell on earth,
2: but I, (laughs) I have like fond memories of stepping outside to my shoes melting and going, nope, fuck this. And turning around. Shoes melting? Yes. If you stood on the blacktop, it was like, uh, like surface level one fifty or something. It was crazy. Something like that. And my, like my van started to melt. I'm like oh no, I'll die if I stay out here. You were cooking waffle souls. Yeah, it was insane. And then you weren't allowed outside until like dark and then I'm going like, I'm going to get kidnapped. Like, I don't (laughs) know.
1: I'm not going outside ever. What can? (laughs) Oh my God. My friend Dustin's in Arizona right now. He's doing training for his job and it's like 114. And I was like, I've never seen those numbers on a thing before, like that high. Like a temperature, that's insane. Because in Celsius, that's over boiling, and that's over boiling water temperature. And I've been in like maybe 109, 110 at the
2: most. His was like
1: 114, one to 120. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, people.
2: No, no thank you. Oh What's well, like God. Living <laughs> in Florida, I went through like four hurricanes. Like what that was that like, it's it's weird depending on your location. So it's fine. The first things that sell It's out, weird depending
1: on your location because you end up in a new one once it's over because it's <laughs> blown your ass fucking cross the state.
2: Well, so I went through one hurricane when I was in the Keys. That was fun because we just got time off school and then it just <laughs> kind of missed us and then like everybody went surfing. Oh really? It's <laughs> the only time I you get go waves. Surfing
1: so bad. Like I brought up Point Break earlier. I want to fucking go surfing. You should do it. I'm so excited. I, I'm thinking I'm going to have to like, that's like next on the list is like, I got to go try surfing at some point.
2: Yeah. Well, so in the keys, everyone boards everything up, you know, and it just rides it out. No mm-hmm. big deal. Went move further upstate where I was in this town called Okeechobee. Uh huh. Um, that's so weird that I've heard of that. Oh yeah. It's that big giant hole in the middle. That's oh. the lake. And it was like a little town that's like, like <laughs> Okeechobee. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. But we got crisscrossed with two hurricanes, like, back to back. You got spit-roasted by hurricanes? Basically. (laughs) And everyone just kind of sits at home and drinks beer and eats whatever food is in the fridge before it goes bad. And, like... I've been living in a hurricane situation my entire life. Pretty much. Well, we, um, so like during one of the storms, one of my friends and I, we tried to take down the American flag in the veteran memorial Mm -hmm. to raise a pirate flag. We found out it was bolted on so we couldn't get it up. So we tried to zip tie it on, but it didn't stay through the night. Oh no, that's (laughs) badass! But also how dare you? America will never forgive you. Right. Well, and then like the best part of that trip was we had built this skate park at a church. Mm -hmm. One of my friends was a youth pastor, Mm -hmm. like me and him. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but, um, these kids that went to youth group, like they built them this really cool skate park. The day after the storm, these kids were looting everything. They had like stolen signs. They had the McDonald's sign. They had all kinds of shit. They're like, That's it was so away cool. from the location. So it's not stealing. And they'd like collected yeah. it. And those were all our transitions for half That's the ramps. That's badass, dude. Right? Fuck. Do you have a picture of that anywhere? Um, I probably do. I think so. God, I want to see that. Okay. I'm
1: dead serious, dude. I fucking love
2: they had the DIY McDonald's drive-thru sign. That's
1: I, I figured. I was like, that's something. Oh, my
2: God. Uh, they, were, they were terrible, terrible people. But they were so fun.
1: Terrible people.
2: They were. Because we used to that, take Those one- are the
1: funnest people. I'm sorry. Because people who aren't terrible get boring real quick. Because you run out oh, of yeah. things to do with them. And they run out of limits to push.
2: Like youth group kids are kind of the worst like they think it's gonna make bad kids good except it helps bad kids find more bad kids to hang also, out with
1: It also it helps them get away with it more because they know what they have to do to subvert these fucking people on their getting on their backs oh yeah oh man
2: but no I I was raised super religious so mm-hmm. like I was put in like youth group in church like they started at like 12 they're like we're gonna get this person straight and it oh. still didn't work um like straight, like uh, from
1: gay? <laughs> uh, they are converting well, you? Trying to, I
2: think that might have been a part of it, but they all like, they wanted to join the, community uh, and how,
1: When did, did you come off as a gay kid or something? Because I know there's kids in as early as kindergarten where I'm like, that kid's a fucking homo.
2: Look. Yeah. I tried to hide it. Like when I was growing up, I was like, I, I started playing.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. As a straight person, <laughs> most of you guys can't hide it if you're gay. The voice, the lisp, the bo- the, the the teapot stance—you can't hide it. We know. I've seen movies.
2: This was a little more. <laughs> this was different. It was weird because I had the typical, like we'll call it, like refused attire because I loved the refused. If you remember them, shape of punk <laughs> to come. Oh,
1: ew.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ninety yeah, nine. No, that album changed my life. I don't really hear it. I love that. Well, that I one. was four, so I don't give <laughs> exactly. a. Exactly. <shit. laughs> <laughs> so. It was just, like, black dicky shorts, obscure band t-shirt. Like oh, that
1: sounds badass, actually. Right? I'm already in.
2: And, like, um, old school vans, and then mm-hmm. I always wore a hat because I just, I don't know. I mm-hmm. my, my hairline sucks, so I still always wear a hat. Mine's sucking now. <laughs> yeah, get on estrogen. It stops all that from falling out. But you do grow That's tits. what I know. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, fuck,
1: dude, I need to start being, like, a little bitchier about things and get my hair back because, <laughs> oh.
2: Right? But... So I, I dressed kinda hardcore. I liked mm. the, the the hardcore aesthetic because I'm like, this will help me hide. It was like inconspicuous and like I, I just I hit out in this really, really angry music. Like Okay. Like everything you found from
1: solace like, in this like music that was expressing feelings that you couldn't
2: Well yeah, it was very like um very positive. In the way that like Dead Kennedys was very political, like uh-huh. Youth of Today, despite like all their downfall, like they, they have a very positive message that I really appreciated. And they preach this idea of acceptance that I was trying to understand growing up because like guys let me hang out with their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. No problem. They didn't think anything about it. That was kind of my first cue, where like I was telling Becca this, and she goes, "Oh, they thought you were gay." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, but I look so tough, and I rode a skateboard, and like, not even close." But I know, right? (laughs) But I I really, really tried. That's
1: hilarious. Like, (laughs) people think you're fooling us, and it's like.
2: But yeah, like, no, and and then like anytime there was like a house party or something, where was I? Like I was helping cook dinner. Like I was hanging out. I was doing that kind of shit. Like it was just my place where I, that I felt comfortable. You
1: are bad at it.
2: (laughs) Right. But I tried, I really, really tried. And like, I knew like the only thing I really got nerdy about was like books and music. Yeah. And do you have like favorite authors back then? Oh my God. So like even my name. So my name is Lirial. I got Mm -hmm. it from a book, from a series, um, the Apportion Trilogy, by Garth Nix. The what? A-Porson is like A-B-H-O-R-S-E-N trilogy. Okay. The first book was called Sabriel. I found it when I was like- That sounds like another trans name. It really does, right? Trans girls pick the weirdest names. That's
1: my question. It was like, why do trans girls always come up with such outlandish names?
2: I I think it's because we get to choose our name. Like, okay, my It's like
1: (laughs) letting the kid pick the name of the car or something. You get to oh it's the Scorpion R or something. It's like how dare you?
2: I can't believe they let me get away with my name. My full legal name is Lirial Jane Doe.
1: Was Is that an X reference or is that a...
2: Well, actually, so it's a couple things. Like, so Lirio came from that book series. Sabriel was the first book. Lirio was the second, okay. which was a character that... It was
1: the Empire Strikes Back, the book
2: series. It really was. Because okay. it opens with like this little, this girl who's like on the eight like the, the edge of like 16, 17, mm-hmm. who hasn't gone through this ceremony that everyone else is passing her. She doesn't look like them. She's very different. She, like, hangs out in this library Mm. and reads all the time and blah, blah, blah. And the book opens up with her contemplating suicide on top of this mountain, like, in the first chapter. And, like, her dealing with this at a young age. And I'm like, oh, girl, I get this. And then Mm. that character, that whole storyline was just about her adventure with her dog. There's no cute. Right? There's no boy that comes and saves her. There's no, like arcing thing of like save the princess or anything like mm-hmm. that it's just her following her adventure and I love that book series it was probably my Harry Potter like the way people yeah. like will read that book over and this one's kind of mine I'll read it like every once in a I while don't I don't read children's books so I can't tell it. <laughs> right but that's a Henry th- Rollins reference right there is. if you ever
1: fucking heard it uh,
2: the, the yeah. dating yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that's like that's oh man I needed him to say that in like just outbursts like that. That was like just a little slice of Henry Rollins I needed. I appreciate that. It's such a
2: good, that whole lineage of that tale is so good because it's like, Mm -hmm. no, I've used that on people and I feel terrible, but (laughs) I don't fuck them. Go find someone else that likes your dumb kid books. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Look at my shelf. There's no kid books. Yeah, no, I I did appreciate that. So, but then, so I have Jane Doe and in 2003, Converge released an album called Jane Doe, which I listened to over and over and over. It just like I could not get enough of that album so much so that I actually have it tattooed on my leg. So part of it was for that. And then the second part came from Laura Jane Grace Mm -hmm. from Against Me. When she transitioned, she changed her name and Jane was her middle name. Oh, okay. And I really, I love the name Jane for It's a I, good name. Like, right? I can't
1: think of any lame Janes. There's GI Jane. There's Jane from Breaking Bad. Like, good point. You know, these are all good Janes.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so. I Jane's I,
1: addiction. I,
2: Fantastic. There you go. I just keep finding them. <laughs> there's like, a, I'm trying to think of one. No. Just think of yourself. Just be, be yeah.
1: just be positive about yourself. Just be, I'm, I'm the good Jane. <laughs>
2: But I, I love that name, and then Doe is because my dad and grandfather used to try to take me hunting, and I hated hunting. I love hiking. Put me in the woods all day long, oh, yeah. but why'd you hate hunting? I didn't want to kill anything. Like I wanted to save them. I thought deer see, were yeah, like really. You're a lady. Yeah, because
1: I, I see animals, and I'm just like, oh look, I want to kill it, and I don't know why.
2: No, I I wanted to save it. I would make so much noise to save the deer. You and little <laughs> asshole! I did. Oh like, my god! Like I have discharged weapons because I I saw like just because I knew it would scare them. Like I did they not. They were want trying to, be... to
1: break you so hard.
2: They're like, <laughs> oh, you want to hear some shit? Like no, the... no. Yeah, okay. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of like my earliest memories that taught me a lot, but also like fucked me up. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. My grandfather. Gave me a BB gun yeah. when I was little. And of course, the first thing I do, like two days of having it, is shoot a bird. Yeah, I feel really bad. I'm crying my Aww. eyes out. Like, I can't believe I killed a bird. I hide it in the tall grass. My grandfather then takes a riding lawn mower and mows over said tall grass. And that bird explodes out the side.
0: Whoa! Oh, shit. <laughs> That's
2: your fault. That's all you. Oh, my yeah. God. So not only did I kill the bird, I mutilated the body. So I'm crying even harder. He... He thinks he's killed a bird, so he's already freaking out. He thought it was like nesting there. Oh no! Yeah, because if you don't want to kill an animal, killing an animal sucks. Exactly. And so I tell him what happens, and he's like, "Well, I wanted to wait till you were older to do this, but tomorrow we're gonna build a rabbit box." Oh shit! I am one of those like ones you pull and um, trap them, or what's a rabbit box? Well, so I think I was like six at the time. He made me like take. Like we went to the basement and he like tool shed the whole like our Uh tool bench and he made this box that when the rabbit goes inside it hits a trigger and a door closes. Yes, okay, yeah. Right? So we built it. It spent like the whole day building it. Then we bait it, Mm -hmm. put it in the in the woods, come back the next day, and there's a rabbit in there. Mm -hmm. He made me kill the rabbit, like hit it on the head with like a metal metal thing. Oh shit. Right? Damn. Okay. I
1: don't even know if I've ever done something like that.
2: (laughs) So Again, I'm sex, okay? <laughs> I'm sex. <laughs> I had to like, okay. Then he gave me a knife and showed me how to skin this thing and gut it. I had Gnarly. to skin it,
1: gut it. I'm so
2: little bit jealous. Oh my, then he made me eat it. Oh, okay. I'm not jealous of that. See, Rabbit we, sounds disgusting. It actually wasn't bad. Like the way you make it taste good is soaking in milk or something. Mm-hmm. But like... They, they cooked it for dinner. God, and- that is
1: some fucking anti vegan shit, if I've <laughs> oh, ever heard right? You know how you make <laughs> rabbits taste good? You soak them in the tit milk of the cow I've enslaved. <laughs> oh,
2: God, and <damn>, that's awful. <laughs> um- <laughs> But like this and the lesson was like, hey, if you're going to kill something, you kill it for food and you only kill for food. And if you're not going to eat it, there's no reason to kill something and also eat all the food on your plate because Mm -hmm. something died for you to like eat this. And so it was this crazy, harsh lesson. But at six, I'm like, oh, shit, I get this. And like. I don't See, waste food. That and whole <laughs> eat
1: everything on your plate thing just made me fat. So I can't fucking, <laughs> I can't get behind control. that. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I'm trying to understand what that is. I might as well be reading Cantonese or something. <laughs> person, <a> calorie deficit. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm just, I I don't know. I can't even, I don't even want to talk about it. I have a BB gun story. When Let's I was about four or five or six around there, um, my brother had got a, like little trap box just like that and caught a possum because there was these possums living under our porch. We lived out in like the middle of a fucking, uh, on the, uh, on, a, on a, the Mesa. I watch you drop that and fucking burn yourself there. <laughs> oh yeah. They usually go out and they just,
2: I know. Right. A little oh.
1: ember out a little meteorite. <laughs> um, and he, we lived out in this, like, uh, it's called the Mesa here in AG. Um, Okay. and we lived on like the, in the boonies. It's nice property with like, no, neighbors and it was wilderness. It was like I got to like fucking play outside and they caught this possum and my dad had for whatever reason they decided they needed to kill the possum so that there's less possums or there wasn't a possum around here. To this day, I fucking love possums. They're so cute. I hope one wraps its goddamn tail around my arm and just like hangs out there. They had this fucking possum in a crate in the front yard broad daylight it's me my brother and my dad my mom's gone my sister they're gone I don't know what the fuck they're doing they're not home he gets one of those pellet guns like not a BB gun but like the pellets like the pointed ones the hollow points or whatever and shoots the possum to death multiple shots cause you can't just kill an animal with one BB unless it's a small animal possums are like a fucking big cat so he I watched this thing get shot and I watched the blood like shoot out of it and it's like I'm really fucking young and part of me is like that we shouldn't have that sucks like that cute thing was killed and I don't know where I'm going with this but we had to like wash the crate off and I remember very distinctly um, my brother asking what if uh, mom comes home we're washing this and I was like we'll just say we were spraying it down to get all like the fucking germs of the Like a little
2: Dexter moth. You're like oh, We'll just cover oh, up the scene She dude. won't know the difference Yeah <laughs> Holy
1: shit That was a pivotal moment for me And I didn't realize how like Kind of life changing that was Until very recently Um, I shot a gopher
2: With what? A
1: BB gun A little shit. BB gun pistol Yeah I fucking shot one <laughs> And I was like oh My dad had There was all kinds of gophers At my grandma's house And it was just like I killed a fucking animal. That totally sucks. But it, there's something that like clicks in your brain where you're like, yes, I got one. It's so strange. I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to piece that together or how to make that come full trip. Cause you got me contact high over here.
2: Oh, it's just cause you know, hunting doe. Yeah. Hunting yeah. dough. There yeah. we go. There we go. Yep. Okay.
1: <laughs> how, d- yeah, that's so funny because you pick a Lirial. I'm saying that right. Right. Yeah, cause I, I was like reading your name on Instagram and I was like, I don't know how to fucking say that. <laughs> um, but, you're making me lose my train of thought what kind of weed is that um, fuck give me a second I need some water give me a hot box over here look Remy's high. look his eyes are so red he's passed out oh he's on planet Satan right now
2: oh my god he totally is
1: he should have a better tolerance than me you go ahead and pick the most common like fake like dead body name Jane Doe as your middle and last name and then try to attribute the Jane and Doe to different things you tailored that story because you're like don't want to seem lazy because it might sound lazy if you say oh I'm Lirial and then it's like oh it's the last exotic name I could come up with Jane Doe and you just, you just sharp drop off it right really there
2: is. well it's kind of like I was like you know if, if I'm going to be able to pick my own name like what you know I was like this sound it's just one of those things where like, it's almost, it's not quite a fuck you, but it's a little bit of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, you know what, I did
1: get that. I was, it was kind of like a fuck you, I'm a
2: lady. Yeah.
1: Because it, it's kind of like a malleable name, because it can be anyone. It's like quite an identifiable, like a universal identifiable name.
2: Yeah, and you can also like, get real poetic and philosophical and be like, it was like a death to my old self. and you mm-hmm. know, all, I mean, all kinds of stuff There you like go, that. Yeah,
1: I didn't even consider that. That's That's really interesting.
2: But it's like also the fact that like with the music and the album, like it means a lot to me too. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird how much music does mean. Yeah, it's
1: th- yeah. Like I listen to mostly podcasts, but I have like seven band tattoos. Right, <laughs> you did <need to> chill.
2: <laughs> well, I like for my anniversary That's I, <laughs> the
1: anniversary, That's great. Oh yeah, my god! I'm gonna write that down.
2: <laughs> yeah. So a year after I came out, I went to my tattoo artist. And I had her do um, a, f- a rose on the top of my thigh with the every time I die symbol, because mm-hmm. I love that band. And the last- uh, I'll,
1: I'll reserve judgment. Yeah. If you like it.
2: every time I die. <laughs> well, the, the last line of the song "Petal," which, you know, "Petal" for the rose, is untimely ripped into this world. I was born again as a girl. And I love that. Oh, so you got, go. got that as That's a banner. That's pretty fucking
1: fitting. I love that when song lyrics just hit you right in the
2: head with the perfect line. Exactly. Uh, So that's, you know, music really does mean a lot to me and using and even having that kind of incorporated in my name. I'm like, I, I appreciate that. Like, I like, it's just something that you identify with and you don't realize you're like, oh, wow, I've been listening to this album for 10 years, 15 years. It's like it sticks around.
1: Yeah. You know what? I have this Boys Don't Cry tattoo and I have this poster that Kylie got me for. I'm pretty sure either not Christmas, maybe it was my birthday. Um, and it means a lot to me. But also the reason I watched the movie Boys Don't Cry was because of the album name or the really? that name, the song name. And oh, when wow. I was, I started listening to the cure when I was about twelve. Um actually it's a really funny story. I lived in Napomo or Santa Maria. Yeah, Napomo. And the the corner house over here is where my Dad's friend used to live, and I was like in his, one of his bedroom one time, just like not anything weird, but we're just like <laughs> <laughs> looking at his CD collection, or maybe it was his office, and um, there was a fucking Cure CD. And I was like, oh, that's cool, and he's like, oh, it must have been like his exes or something. And he's like, yeah, take it, and I was like, I know the Cure, like because of Corey Duffel and skateboarding, and I was like, fuck yeah, and Holy I grabbed shit. that, and then I was at the video store one day, and I watched boys don't cry. And I was traumatized for life. And then it totally, totally changed me as a kid to go like, Oh, um, just, I feel like I was more tolerant of transgender people before I was of homosexual people i was like a dumb little grimy teenager oh,
2: that's kind of funny so it, because of that
1: movie or <laughs> yeah. and then it slowly like i eventually got a girlfriend who's like can you stop saying fag and faggot and that's gay <laughs> and i was like well that sounds kind of gay but okay <laughs> and then i eventually did and it just kind of loosened everything up into this uh tolerant world that we kind of live in more tolerant now than when i was younger and that movie is a fucking trip and it's a true story
2: it's, it's crazy how like, it's funny how stuff like that will actually deter you from wanting to come out because like between, <laughs> yeah, between Spoiler that movie, alert. she gets
1: shot in the fucking head.
2: Yeah. So between that movie, Ace Ventura, oh, throw Silence of the Lambs in there. You're like, oh fuck. If I come out as a transsexual, that means a lot of things I to think, people you know, know media. what It's
1: even fucked up. I think it just misgendered the person in Boys Don't Cry when I said she,
2: she gets shot in the head. What was his name at the end of the movie i forget his name oh, it's been, i watched that movie one time and went that was enough <laughs> <laughs> good for you i should Same. have did that with requiem but you know every once in a while you oh, be no, depressed that
1: one's fun i like that one i need i have a hubert selby you know because of henry Rollins is why i fucking read hubert selby jr have you ever heard of this one the room no okay um let me just I tried this on most podcasts and it has yet to work once. Okay, where I'll open it and I'll try to um, fucking read like something from the book because it's so fucked up. <laughs> I'm trying it now. I'm gonna try to open a page and just read something out of it. Uh, anyways, it's so there's like these two cops rape this lady and this dude gets put into prison. For it or something. Okay. And then he, it's all about his like gnarly, violent daydreams in prison about what he'd do to these cops. So it's literally just pages of him raping and like fucking Jesus destroying Christ. these cops with like wow. cattle okay. prods and stuff. And it is, and he has this very distinct writing style where there's no punctuation, there's no dialogue. Like there's, it just, just keeps going. Like there might be there's like a comma and period and that's it
2: like everything else I've heard of that book but i've never seen that looks (laughs) that might be too intense might be it's kind of (laughs) i haven't
1: finished it and i've had it for years it's a
2: fucking intense book it's like see i had that with haunted from paulanooc really
1: i fucking have just talked about that on the last one with clara i think you'll fucking it's right here it's right down here
2: like that was the first time I saw words on a page that made me feel ill. Dude, I, um, first time I was like,
1: Oh, I read, red guts. So I was like, Oh damn. But I read it out loud with my friends cause I had heard about everyone fainting and I read it out loud in Taco Bell and <laughs> someone or someone else read it and okay. I was like, okay, I have to go outside and I fainted and I fell in the bushes in front of Taco Bell because of it. So I've always wanted to, or not always, but I, now that I have the podcast and have like a a fucking format yeah. i want to read it and and like film it and see if i faint <laughs> because i'm super squeamish about like content like that for some reason yeah. but on movies i'm okay i can watch movies doesn't really usually matter what happens in a movie there's only been one movie that's ever made me faint which one gerald's game
2: Ooh, okay See, for me, it was irreversible. I had to turn the oh, movie yeah, off.
1: Okay. Oh, you know what? I turned that movie off too because oh, of the, just because it was like it's nauseating. Because it was, he intentionally has the um beat or the lights or something. Uh, it's a Gaspar Noé film, and he made it so this movie is quite literally sickening and makes people nauseous. It feels because like of a panic the, attack. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't do this because I was like, I literally like feel nauseous and I have a headache, and mm-hmm. it's um, it's intentionally um triggering to i didn't know it was that it. on purpose because yeah, no, like, it, it was on purpose and ugh. isn't that crazy yeah <laughs> their movies do that and you think like oh i'm just a bitch today but it's actually like they're intentionally doing it like have you ever heard of the brown note <laughs> through south park there, oh they it's from south park
2: <laughs> yeah it's an old old i've never old even episode. That. yeah
1: there's like a like a because i don't know you've been to a lot of hard, hardcore shows there's some notes where you're like oh god this one makes <laughs> me need to shit they don't i don't even, i wonder if they even know it but, um, yeah, no, see, that, that's, I'm going to do that eventually. I don't know if I want to have all someone for it. I, here. I want to see. You want to see? I can't, I want to, I want to have a, a complete episode with you and not have to fucking, I'm already on <laughs> thin ice here with this weed that I haven't even smoked. I'm literally just, oh, uh, uh, I would faint for a hundred percent cause I'm high too, yeah. man. I had an edible in June and I was about to faint just from how high it was. My blood pressure is just dropping dramatically.
2: See, I've only, I've only hit Jiu-jitsu has
1: helped me with that though.
2: Oh really? Yeah. So there's nowhere for you to train out here, is there? There's not. It totally
1: sucks. sucks because I have the gym in solving where they don't have classes anymore, but I have some people that I want to, that like want to meet up and do it, but our schedules are never the same. And then I have another, um, the person, one of the people I started jujitsu with, he trains at Paragon Santa Maria, but he also has this spot in San Inez and he always hits oh, okay. me up to train and he's like and I'm always busy or I don't have gas money or it's cause it's it's fucking at least a 30 minute drive to any jujitsu academy and I drive a fucking truck like I get 12 miles with a gallon yeah. I can't afford gas and the membership oh, fee no. it's like I <laughs> at least not right now. Like today was supposed to be the day I was going to go to Paragon, but then I had this. Oh, and I was like, I'm oh, this
2: sorry. Way. I kept you from No, it. <laughs> it's,
1: it's okay. Because, um, I've, I, just, again, I have no money, no gas money. I have no way of getting there. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, that's for work. That's what I got to do for work. Um, I could use that shit for work, but I'm um, still for you
2: to get back into it if you can, because dude, it's like
1: hundred percent. Cause I feel like I'm, I've only done no Gi. I've never done Gi Jiu Jitsu. I've rolled oh, right. once or twice in a Gi. Like, I have a fucking gi just sitting here in my closet, just like, oh, wow, okay. And I don't, and um, I was told not to wear that at Paragon, because it's a Gracie Baja. <laughs> well,
2: they'll come after you, like, yeah. it's one of those, oh, it's a Gracie boy, let's see who we can get, get on him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: So, I got a new gi, and I've worn it once, and it's just been sitting in the back of my truck, like. Just in case.
2: Well, fighting in the gi is fun. Like I, I actually put a video up on my Instagram of me catching um, bow and arrow on this girl. Like mm-hmm. you just get it, get the the lapels, and you. I can don't grab even know pull. how to
1: bow and arrow because it's like there's no bow and arrow in no gi. We're gonna wrestle. I'm gonna no, strangle. there's not. You're yeah. right.
2: <laughs> it's one of those kind of like
1: lapel only.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a, a one handed choke where you just grab the lapel and then you're like you've got your other mm-hmm. hand on their knee, and it's. It's really interesting because I prefer no-gi, mm-hmm. but we like I have to go to Santa Maria to train for it because I train in the one in AG. Yeah. And but it's it's fun to to like like a couple of the people there I'll be like, "Hey, let's take off the bathrobes. Let's fight no-gi." <laughs> and like or one yeah. of the black belt or brown belts, this guy Brian, I was like, "Hey, uh Let's do some MMA work. Like, let's Mm -hmm. fight up against the wall and throw some punches. And, Mm -hmm. like, he was just not, like, teeing off, but he was, like, making sure I could feel him there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is really fun. Like, this is such a weird outlet to, like... To, to have that control, to have that experience mm-hmm. and going like, oh, cool, this can probably help me out and save me one For day. For real, <laughs> it also
1: gives you a realistic expectation of like, this is a punch that someone's not throwing full force and mm-hmm. I'm still feeling it or I'm still like, I need to roll with this or I need to be able to dodge this. And just reading people's body language and well, knowing <laughs> when they're going to step to the side, they're going to shift their weight, their hips, are going to pull their arm back because some people don't. And you're <laughs> fucked anyways. But a lot of people, especially if they're going to be dumb enough to get in a fight with someone, they can't recognize a paragon sticker. You know, they're they're going to sh- throw some looping dumb overhand right, and then you're going to fucking parry it, and then grab their legs and put them to the ground.
2: Well, we had I got to test some of this back when I was a bouncer. Nice, you were a bouncer. That's
1: cool. I was a, I was
2: a bouncer too. Well, so I was working at the Grad in slow, uh-huh. and Slow. Uh huh. And
1: oh, do you know Matt
2: Pillars? Sounds familiar.
1: Okay. He's going to be on. Oh, cool. I don't know when, but, um, he was a bouncer at the grad, I think.
2: Okay. Yeah. I can't remember like everyone that I worked with there. There was a, there's a few people. I he think he is. Is he super tall? Oh yeah. I know Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, he looks like Edmund Kemper, I think. Yep. <laughs> he has a similar disposition as well. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> he's, he's really, he's a very interesting cat. Like I really.
1: No spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Because my first, uh, introduction to Matt Pillars, was after an attic show at Slow Brew, watching him throw someone into the ground that he picked up, lifted off their feet, and then inverted them like a fucking baton,
2: and slammed them. And I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go. Yeah. Well, so at the grad, I was like the only female bouncer there, and I was still pretty early in my transition, Mm -hmm. so I looked trans. Mm -hmm. And I I would get shit from people, but it it helped me really grow a thick skin working there. But my record for working there was I put three guys to sleep and broke nice. one nose. Woo. Fuck. Yeah. How cool <laughs> is that? You put three people. I've never put someone to sleep before. It's it's unreal. It, it comes on so much quicker. Like the first fight that I, that mm-hmm. I stopped, I was working a corral. This guy comes up and tries like this big guy tries yeah. to like knee a little guy to the head. Oh like, shit. So I come up behind him. Arm like rear naked mm-hmm. choke, yeah. just set it deep. Stepped on the back of his knee to get him lower because he was go. taller than me. Oh yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> right? This is on a like, really busy like Friday night, yeah. and I bet. Fuck. six seconds he was out. Six. Like what? I just I locked it up really tight, and then drug him outside. They set him on the curb. He comes too, and they're like, he's like, what happened? And they're like, our girl bouncer put you to sleep. <laughs>
1: oh. That's right, motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> awesome
2: but also too like the last fight that i was in that was like it was so strange because this um it was a it was like seven eight people and then you throw in their girlfriends mm-hmm. and their girlfriend's not sure if the, that i'll hit them or not and that was always kind <laughs> of feel
1: knowing you're, you're <laughs> allowed to hit a woman
2: i i that's the thing with jiu-jitsu i just kind of like control them i don't have to hit people anymore <laughs> there you go but so I get actually I get punched in the face and like kicked in the stomach mm-hmm. and by this one guy who gets pulled to the ground. And remind me, where is this? You said? Oh, this was the grad. The grad two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so after getting hit in the face, I'm like, "That was it." Oh, Dudes nice. do not know how to throw I a I love punch. the "That
1: was it" moment when you get hit and you're like, "Oh, that was it."
2: <laughs> Sorry, that's, honey. That's when I teed off on him. There like he went to the ground, his arms were held back, and I just put one right in the middle of his face. There you go. And I was like, "I'm done." Like, oh fuck, dude. <laughs> but that's like. Awesome. Jealous. Yeah, but but I honestly, I went home crying that night. I was like, I'm done. Mm. It was so emotionally draining because you don't want to hurt somebody. Every time
1: I left jujitsu, I'd be in tears. I don't know why. I think it was just such a like nice release, and I was like, finally had all of that tension like kind of like purged. And it's really like mind clearing, like you were saying. Like you should talk to Becca about everything. She, she, I talk she to her about it. it all the time like literally like we're constantly messing each other back and forth where I'm like you need to get a fucking kettlebell and you need to fucking and, and, and she's she like the you drop. need to come
2: train yeah. she, she, she like describes what you're describing mm-hmm. like it really hits some people it, it kind of hit me from my first year mm-hmm. but that feeling that you get like it's, it's so important to have that I think it's like this big emotional release because people you don't go through trauma what,
1: people don't know what they're walking around with on their back no. until you get it lifted off and you go oh i'm like way lighter you want my little guy <laughs> um yeah and it's like a fucking big deal when you have so much weighing you down and then to have it lifted off you're like oh i can let the floodgates come open and I was just I'd be crying every time I drive home from work first of all I'd be goddamn exhausted because it would be after a 13-hour work day and then I'd go do jujitsu I was in great shape it looked great I love the way my neck looked that was a big deal to me you
2: know that Henry Rollins trap oh,
1: man well I, I mean powerlifting did that for me but it was more just like this looked like all my brothers were athletic Oh, they, they had like baseball neck. They had like jock <laughs> neck. And I was so jealous. Like they had a football neck and I was like, fuck. And then I finally got something that looked kind of like that.
2: Let's see, cool. <laughs> Jitsu gave me abs. Cause the, so the first really? year I,
1: pff, I'm just, I got
2: a kick oh, before I, so before I trained, I started training a year before I came out mm-hmm. and like almost right at a year mark was mm-hmm. when I transitioned. Yeah. And I had abs, I was shredded, like nice. I was doing like how cool is that? I, I had never been in that great shape. Like I, I was sitting there doing like a hundred push-ups, like it was nothing. Then I get on HRT. Ah. I'm having trouble doing 75 modified push-ups now. Like <laughs> I have lost so much strength. Like that idea that trans fighters get an advantage. Like when you transition. Oh, fuck. No, I am. so Like there has to be some. There's a little I bet bit. If we roll, I'd be like, mm, unlike any girl I've ever <laughs> rolled with. No, no, exactly. <laughs> there is an advantage there, but not in strength. Like I have lost so much of the, the strength that I had. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing like ridiculous amounts of pull-ups. You should, you should I try powerlifting. Oh, hell no. No, seriously, go. <laughs> put- I don't want it back. I don't need it. I'm I'm good. A back? I know I don't need that much power back. Like it's oh, just oh, feeling it back. The, oh, okay, yeah, okay. feeling to diminish of it all is interesting to go from having that much. Tr- Soon I won't be able to open jars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Soon I won't be able to open jars. That's so funny because I I was gonna <laughs> ask you. I was like, what's it like trying to roll now without testosterone? Because you obviously have less in your body now.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, and. I mean, secret time. I I don't have the things that make um, testosterone anymore. I had an orchiectomy, so
1: oh, I, re- I said it right. I said it, I read it in my head, and I was like, "That's an orchiectomy."
2: It's like the cutest name for testicle removal. Damn! Like,
1: All right, orchie- let's fucking jump into that. You don't have balls. That's they're crazy. Gone. What's it like being able to sit differently? What's it like being able to sack it on a rail and it not hurt? Um.
2: Well, it's funny. So. Um, is that whole feeling goes away of like you know getting sack tapped that mm-hmm. was the worst like it, growing oh, it up it goes I, away oh my god like I'm growing up and always conscious
1: of it I, I sit like the jackass guys with like a hand over my lap
2: Well, all of my friends were into that movie so like you, you got go. hit Period. all the time all the time it would happen mm-hmm. now that that can't happen now like i was at jiu jitsu we were doing like mm-hmm. knee pass or knee slice yep. passes this girl like hits me right where they should be she goes oh my god i'm so sorry i'm like hey honey between you and me they're gone <laughs> like, <laughs> we're good
0: <laughs> like that's fucking hilarious.
2: Although I will
1: say, no matter how many times I hit myself in the balls skateboarding, jujitsu is so much better at strengthening your pain tolerance. Because, like, people, yeah. I, my my balls are too fucking, like, rugged baseballs in jujitsu. At least they were. They'd, I'd probably feel it now. But I, I would be like, that was supposed to hurt, but it didn't. And I know he was. And they're probably, they're smushed everywhere. They look like you
2: grabbed oh some God. putty and you just... But it it's weird to have like I went from I think my starting number was like six hundred and eighty or whatever for testosterone. Count. I wish I knew
1: mine. I I don't know mine.
2: Yeah. Well, now it's twelve. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: six eighty to twelve. Yeah,
2: that was after doing like oh almost two years God. of spiro, like spironolactone. What's that? So it's a testosterone blocker. Okay. So I would take two of those with uh, estrogen pills. They're orals. Yep. Okay. It's also a blood pressure med, so that helped too. Got me calm. Um, There you go. But I was on that for the majority of the time, and then back in May, May eighth was when I had the surgery. Yeah, that's right. And um, just in that time frame, like my tits got bigger. Like, oh, there you go. All kinds of stuff was happening faster because now all I take is just the estrogen Mm -hmm. injection. Like I do the injections once a week. So
1: your body isn't producing testosterone?
2: Nope. I mean, just a normal, just female
1: amount. Female amount. Okay. Yep. Wow. That with well, that's that'll work. That sounds like that'll work.
2: Yeah. Like here's one of the weirdest things This happened that we figured out. Like I was like, oh my god, I didn't know this was a real thing. I get hangry now.
1: You get hangry now.
2: Yes, I get angry. Guess when I'm what? Hungry. I have
1: balls, and I do too. Okay, so see, you're not I had, special.
2: I had never had that happen before really? until recently.
1: Uh, well, I, I was know. just like, what well, is going you, on? You didn't grow up a fat kid, did you? No, exactly. I've always been in shape. I did. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, I, this is I. I even the. Most in shape I've been, I'm, I still look at pictures and I'm like, "Ugh, you chubby bitch!" <laughs> Gosh, I know. Seriously, that's one of the biggest reasons why I want to get back to jujitsu is just like I want to be in shape.
2: Oh well, what helped was when I was when I when I transitioned, I kind of like blew up my life, Fight Club style. Mm-hmm. Everything just kind of just went to shit. My ex of eight years kicked me out. Uh-huh. I was homeless, blah blah blah. So your I ex had of eight years
1: or your. My partner ex. of eight years. Did you yep. were living with your ex? I was living with a girl years. and she was your ex. Well, she's my ex now. So your girlfriend of eight years kicked you out. Yep. Okay. I had you been with her. Me Yeah, sorry. That. I'm too high for you to just <laughs> say the words wrong.
2: Yeah. Right. No. So I had been with this girl for eight years. Um, we'd been engaged for like four. And I'm just like, yeah, one day we'll get married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she was like, I was, I, I hate to say that she was my beard, but like mm-hmm. I, I just, was trying to live a normal life. I was trying to hide from all that, trying to get away from it because before I moved to California, I had some shit that really kind of embarrassed me because I've tried to come out like mm-hmm. three or four times. First time, gotcha. got me sent away to like... Uh, Christi- Persian yeah, I, therapy? Could, yeah, no, exactly. Oh, shit. In Florida, no less.
1: Oh, man. You're, they're just gators <laughs> with glasses holding electric fucking shock paddles oh, to you and, and pray that guy away.
2: It sure felt like that. This one was like... <laughs> My parents sent me to this thing. They were like, hey, um, we're going to send you to this camp and blah, blah, blah. It's going to help you and you know all this shit. And they're like, it's a music festival tour, so you get to go help out on music festivals. And I'm like, what's the catch here? Yeah, okay, that's baloney. <laughs> so get. I, I arrive at this place. It's a Christian camp. Mm-hmm. And they um, control your calorie intake. They wake you up at weird times of the night. They're doing all this crazy shit like... They made us camp in the swamp for some weird lesson. I I still don't know why. The lesson
1: is respect nature and Swamp Thing will protect
2: you. Yeah. So the music tour that we went on was for Christian bands. Gross. That's not good music. I don't know if you
1: guys have ever seen Christian music, but there's a reason you guys can't name Christian rock stars. They don't fucking exist. There's no Christian version of Jimi Hendrix. There's no Christian David Bowie. You guys fucking suck because all your songs are the same. They sound the same, and you guys are bad with your instruments, and especially the ones who are Warped Tour bands. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. There's a reason why people look back at their phase with embarrassment.
2: Continue. Oh my god, yeah, just like flashing back to like solid state and tooth and nail bands. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> this this was awful. So we're driving around, we're going to different tour, different festivals, helping out, doing security and cleaning fucking toilets. I'm like, all in the name of Jesus, I guess. And that's where I met my best friend. Like I have a, a tin can tattooed on my arm. She mm-hmm. has another one with a string on can it. Me see? So that's so cool. Yeah, it's a oh, fun oh, you guys communicate? Well, we've been friends for like With since then. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: See, <laughs> there's no way you're a guy. That's the <laughs> chickiest thing I've ever heard, but it's adorable and I'd also right. like that's one of those things where I was like, oh, I wish I had the dynamics of a female r- friendship because
2: like it's, it's beautiful. It's right? a really
1: cool tattoo. I like it.
2: Well, and it has the fall leaves because she's from New England, and then because I've been out here for so long, she got um, California poppies growing uh, from behind hers. That's so cool. Badass. Yeah, so I love best friend tattoos. <laughs> so
1: Never had one. Never yeah. had a best friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my dad was my best friend, and then my girlfriend's my best friend now.
2: You need more friends.
1: <laughs> well, that's literally part of why I started the podcast, is Hell I want yeah. my friends to come over and hang out. Awesome. And
2: mm-hmm. it was
1: like an excuse, because like it's really hard to maintain friendships growing up at this like weird pivotal, like transition phase is my, my transition phase. Yeah. And I have friends that are becoming engaged that are moving away, going to colleges. They're having kids and it's like,
2: well, half of them will be free in about five to 10 years. Well, yeah, I can't (laughs) wait. Dude, (laughs) I have a joke about that right now. I'm hopefully, hopefully debuting it on the second,
1: um, about my friends fucking, all, all my unfuckable friends found the last person that was willing to sleep with them. Now I are getting engaged.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird how, so after being with my ex for so long, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this monogamy shit sucks. Yeah. And then I started dating Becca, uh-huh. which is really strange because Becca has a wife. Yeah. And so, but we all live together. So we have this cool little, like,
1: like fucking hell. <laughs> I don't even live with my girlfriend.
2: It's a lot of estrogen in that house. Oh, we have another trans girl that lives with us too. So there's just nothing but estrogen in that house that and Becca's nuts. testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> de- de- like Becca's definitely in charge. It's kind of funny. What's that like? It's, it's actually kind of wonderful. For one, I don't
1: even live with my partner. Yeah. So I don't even know what it's like to have someone around.
2: It's nice because we all live our own lives. Like, I have a weird work schedule. Mm-hmm. She does. Anna does as well. And even our new roommate, she, like, has a weird schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things, like, you never are alone, but you're never bored. Because you're like, hey, you want to, like, watch, yeah. you know, Netflix and smoke weed? And like, yeah, sure. Let's go take the dog for a that's walk cool. or whatever. That's pretty cool. Because, like, um, the girl living with us now, Jade, like, she's, like, my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, me and her have become so tight, and we ended up, like, moving her in. That's badass. And then also, Becca, it helps when the rent's not so much. Uh, exactly. That's <laughs> part of the reason too. We need another roommate. Uh, but Becca, Becca and I, like we clicked instantly. We started like going on hikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I took her to like Big Sur and like took her to the waterfalls Jealous. and stuff. I've
1: never been to Big Sur.
2: Oh my God. You need to, like I, I've, I used to do, like, 10-mile hikes and stuff back there and go camping. I got lost it's- on a
1: 10-mile hike in Big Basin. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, it's near the Santa Cruz area by, like, Ben Lohman. Okay. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. I totally implore you to go because okay. it is big-ass redwoods and a fantastic hike. We hike out to this waterfall, and me and Kylie did this loop instead of just going straight to the waterfall and straight back, and we did this loop, and it, got, it was getting dark, oh, and shit. we were, like, out of water, and... I'm fucking paranoid. I have this giant like buck knife. I think it's around here somewhere. This fucking like big hunting knife with me. And I'm just waiting for this fucking cougar or whatever, or mountain lion to jump (laughs) out. Cause I'm thinking it's going to go for her first. She's slower, smaller, weaker. And then I have to be aware of that, but it's probably going to come up from behind. So I would have to walk her in front of me. And then I told her, I was like, you know, you just play your phone, play music, whatever bad music you have, just put it on. And it fucking, It was the worst, but it was the best. It was literally a transformative experience for me. I wasn't trying to make a pun there, but like it was, um, fucking fantastic to come home that night, literally that night for all the way from up there. And then just like, I live in like the ghetto. Just people get killed outside all the time and it sucks. And it feels very unsafe walking to and from my car. And I got out of my car and I was like, this is nothing. I survived nature, bitch in my head this fucking cougar attacked me and i defended it even though i never had to right. but it was such a ballooned up fear in my head that i had this fucking whole relationship with it happening yeah didn't no. happen
2: Felt oh, great i don't know where i was going with that
1: <laughs> but um yeah okay you're saying you're going on hikes with uh becca yeah and, and she was like this and-
2: yeah she and she she'd done stuff like that before but i'm mm-hmm. like no this was let's let's just push to push it a little more yeah and that turned into her, like, she was doing plays and stuff, like, mm-hmm. at the community theater. Yeah,
1: that's that's the Becca I know. That At least I thought I knew.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and um, she was like, what's this jujitsu thing you do? You keep trying to, like, aggressively cuddle me. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, come watch a class. And I took her and she's like, yeah. I have to try that's this. So cool. And she's been going, like, I, oh, my God, like, almost... Like, over a year? I mm-hmm. think it, it's ridiculous. Like, she just hasn't stopped going. That's so
1: fucking cool. Because I wasn't going to stop going, but I had to. Because yeah. everyone else stopped going. And when you're the only person that shows up, you're not going to roll with anyone. You're not going to learn anything. Nope. It really fucking sucks. So, I've had these, like, one or two or three rolls since then. And that was, what, 2018? So, it really sucks. Yeah. Because it's been over a year and now I don't know I want to get back to jujitsu so bad it's like literally the topic of like all my latest <laughs> podcasts I can't fucking stand it yeah get up to Santa Maria
2: transfer yeah, up too. there do something for real cause it's not only has it like taught her like this, this she's going to the gym now too mm-hmm. she's like oh yeah I'm also gonna go do jujitsu but I'm gonna go and do cardio for like two hours in the morning then go work a full day mm-hmm. where she grooms dogs and, and then it- goes and does jujitsu I'm like where did all this energy come from? It just okay. wanted
1: to be tapped into. There's people that don't realize their potential because they don't have anyone pushing them. And then they realize they can have this entirely new lifestyle. Oh, and yeah. it's been fantastic to witness because I'm such a big proponent of jujitsu. And I really love seeing my friends do something that I love doing. Cause it's like, cool, we're connected. I can relate to you now. I have something. And then her having so, such a similar like experience With like obtaining something that challenged Her and overcoming it and all the Positives yeah. that it added to her life So it it's Made my friendship With her even though I haven't like physically seen Her in person in mm-hmm. like maybe Three or four years it's made my like Friendship with her really emboldened and it's Really cool and I love that She's doing it and I love that someone got her To do it <laughs> and I'm fucking Jealous constantly like just mm, You lucky
2: motherfucker well and like now she's doing stuff too that that correlates to it that it's so fun. Like she's become a great cook. Really? Like she did she used to cook before, but now she's like making these big she's like making meatloaf, she's doing Dang. this stuff in the crock pot. Uh, yeah. And there like you go we're doing that with a bunch of vegetables like we're eating mm-hmm. super healthy she's like like i mean look how much she's changed just yeah. from her like pictures i'm like damn no, i know she
1: posted a picture of her today when she had like hair and a piercing and i was like that's not the only thing that's changed, honey. like <laughs> just fucking ignore ignoring the the biggest change here she looks great it's fantastic i'm that, another thing i was like fuck it. i want to <laughs>
2: lose weight again i want to know what it's like yeah and it's I don't know. It also like gives you something like I just I watch videos at night. Like when someone mm-hmm. keeps getting me in something, I'm like, I'm gonna learn how to stop this. Yeah. I'm mad now. Like I'm what's gonna the, like. What's the last thing you were getting fucked over with? This sounds so dumb, but like I was getting caught in wrist locks. Like I would be able to defend against. I wrist against, lock
1: my coworkers all the time. Oh my god! Just like hey
2: asshole, hey.
1: Yep. I'll, go, I'll high five him and I'll go mm, wrist, wrist wrist.
2: Well, and it, it's they like you do wrist locks there. Well, so. I mean, yeah. I mean, white belts can do wrist locks. I
1: know, but like some or like some competitions, you can't, and then like you can't even. I don't know. I don't know what's okay because I would get in caught in heel hooks all the time, but they wouldn't submit me because they're not allowed to do them on me. Right, fucking whitey.
2: So yeah, I. It's basically like you, you get out or you're able to like hold off the like, like armbar attack or something. Yeah. So then they just go for the wrist. Yeah. And so I had to start watching stuff. I'm like how to like defend that, against or that do kind a, of stuff.
1: Um, bicep slicer. Yep. But I've yet to meet someone that, uh, taps to a bicep slicer. It's a bunch of baloney.
2: You really have to like, it's, I, I haven't seen anyone tap to it. And then like, I'm, I'm going to say this and someone's going to hear it and like, Oh, I'll show you how to tap to a bicep mm, slicer. I bet. But, I know. <laughs> I fucking wish like. I, because I learned this arm bar,
1: like, I don't even know what to call it. But it's a uh, when they're defending against the arm bar, they're grabbing their own arm. And you just, like, fucking roll your arms and, like, get their oh yeah exposed. Yeah. And then you can clamp down and do a bicep slicer. That's the way I learned it. And
2: I was like, <laughs> fuck, yeah, I can cut people's arms in half
1: now. And no one's ever tapped to it. And I think I'm a dummy or I'm a bitch and I can't complete it. <laughs>
2: I have that with straight ankle locks. I set them up all really? the time, but I can—I never finish. I did a straight ankle lock to my friend in his living room
1: the other day, and then I sent him a link, and I was like, here, this is what I did to you. <laughs> it's a really easy way to get into uh, foot locks, leg locks, and heel hooks and all this stuff. Oh, after
2: that. At, I was um, very proud. Well, after that interview on Rogan with the guy, um, Donahue, yeah. I, I bought one of those mugs off eBay that says, fuck it, try a leg lock. Fuck it, try a leg
1: lock. That's I love cool.
2: that. I'm like, it's so fucking
1: cool. I'm terrified because I know everyone around me is learning leg locks, and I'm still like, uh, I got a mean guillotine, you know?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, that's what 90% of the finishes are going to be anyway is going to be something around someone's neck.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's. I mean the leg locks are coming out and I love them and I want to learn more I just haven't had a chance to really do much
1: dude if you are as involved in Nogi as I was just from training it like everyone's doing leg locks yeah. it's ridiculous to not have that in your repertoire I literally have a list on the page previous to this and it's fucking like the I have toe hold knee bar leg lock heel hook like all written down right there cause I I'm like fuck I really need to focus on that and need to learn what those are because everyone's doing them.
2: Oh yeah. No, I, the toe holds one of my favorites to like, try to go after on like the instructor. Like he'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, Nothing. grabbing your toes. <laughs> oh, man,
1: I, uh, I like nogi because there's no one's wearing a belt. I don't know what belt anyone is and I'm uncomfortable to ask, so I'm not going to do it. Right, Like we're already going to make ourselves uncomfortable. So I never knew what belt anyone was or what level anyone was when they're rolling with us. So there's this weird, like feeling out process where you think you might got, get someone and then they got you and oh, then yeah. vice versa. And you're like, where? So I think the belts are almost like a psychological addition and I'm for
2: not wearing a belt (laughs) you sound like a very 10th planet guy you know what
1: (laughs) i've never been to a 10th planet academy but my friend wanted to go to the santa barbara one i think really bad yeah it looks Um, fun well that's something i really appreciated about that is because it was the same thing where there's no fucking ranks that were obvious to people and uh, damn i could talk (laughs) a lot about jujitsu same fucking love jujitsu what are what are some of the biggest life changes that happened for you because of jujitsu
2: um well honestly it, it so i've only had one encounter in in real life where because of being a trans girl i got this really negative attention at uh the Vaughn's parking lot in grover Oh, really? Yeah. So I was in there. Yeah, I was Grover buying. has a
1: weird seedy, like white supremacist underbelly. It really does. The dunes and stuff. It's so weird. It's not just MAGA hats, people. There's like some real fucking neo-Nazis out there.
2: Oh, for sure. And so I'm getting water before class and I'm wearing my basically no-gi clothes. So uh-huh. just like yoga pants yeah. and everything matches because everything I have is really cute. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, as I'm checking out, this guy starts taking pictures of me with his phone. This, like, old redneck guy. And I'm like, hey, uh, you're making me really uncomfortable. Can you not take pictures of me? And he pulls the, uh, well, it's a free country card. I'm like, cool, Uh whatever. And then I just start ringing up my stuff. He's like, if you got a problem, he taps me on the shoulder. He goes, if you have a problem with it, you can meet me outside. I'm like, asshole, I have to walk outside. (laughs) Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So he goes out before me. I look at like the security guard, everyone there, no one's even like paying attention, because I was trying to make like Yeah, security guards aren't
1: really there. They're to no. stop people from stealing stuff. They're not for pers- people's personal security. You no. ever see one of those? You can tabletop them while we'll stand behind him,
2: and you fucking uh, push right? them over. So I walk out the door and he was like, that's a real cute outfit you have on. And, and he goes, my sister has one just like it. And then I should have just kept walking, but instead I tr- provoked him. I turn around and I go, I bet you want to fuck her too. <laughs> I just could not help it like it just came out and so he then gets mad starts walking towards me he starts taking his ring off and I'm going well at least he took his ring off right I was like I guess you're warm up Yeah, and I just stood there and then he finally just turned around and walked away As soon as I get in my car, I'm starting shaking and fucking crying. Yeah, I'm shaking just
1: hearing about it. (laughs) But I'm like,
2: I did nothing to this guy but exist. And I I, I know I shouldn't have said what I said to him, but I did. That's a free country. You say whatever you want. (laughs) Fuck that guy. But it was just one of those things where like okay, I feel kind of safe here because I'm just going to double leg this guy to the ground going on oh, yeah. belly you, and just
1: embarrass yeah. him. I was telling my friend Nate yesterday, I was like, if you can grab your hands behind someone's legs, you can take them down. Period. Yeah. I don't care who you are. There's a way to do it.
2: And they can try to hit you, but they're not going to get anywhere with, with it. They're just going to hit the ground on their as back. Soon, they're not going to know how to as fall. As soon as
1: someone's legs are mobilized and they're not even a trained fighter, their punches aren't shit. They no. can't throw shit from if they have one leg on the ground, there's no power behind it. I don't care if you're a big hick farmer and I doubt he was a wrestler. Yeah. So.
2: And so like just that, it gave me a little more confidence, but at the same time, it made me realize I'm like, oh, no one's going to help you. No Mm -hmm. one's really going to kind of do that. And it kind of taught me that lesson of like, you've got to keep going every day. you got to train as much as you can because Mm -hmm. you have to stay sharp because you're a target. I don't want to be a target. I don't want to stand out. Like, I think one thing, like a lot of trans girls obsess over this term called passing. Like, mm-hmm. am I passing? And a lot of it like seems like vanity. Like, Oh, they just want to look pretty and look like this or whatever. It's like, no, I don't want to be fucking noticed. Uh, yeah. I want to blend in so well that you don't take a second glance. Cause it's already scary enough to mm-hmm. be a woman being a trans woman. You stand out more. So you try everything you can to not stand out.
1: Damn. It you sounds- get like a double dose of like what sucks about being
2: each gender. I, <laughs> yeah sometimes it feels that way you're a
1: dude I can punch you but then it's like you're a chick I can murder you (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) that is pretty eloquent that's how it feels sometimes dude I have
1: a question here it says um, would you want to be passing or you don't care if you're passing or not
2: um growing up kind of punk rock like I did and being that way it's like I don't mind being that political middle finger Mm -hmm. and you know being like an existing it is nice to be passing enough that people gender you correctly most of the time Yeah, that's a good feeling when just at work when you're like you know saying excuse me and they're like honey she needs to get by like Mm -hmm. that little glance and that little bit is so validating that it's not about being like super passing you just want to pass enough that people recognize you for who you are that's cool
1: that's a that's good to know because I think the subtleties really are like the small things that count yeah. Cuz if someone introduces you as such and such or so and so and it's like, well that was, you know, contrived, it's kind of set up, but it when it's organic like that, it it sounds like it's very validating. When someone refers to you with feminine words or pronouns and you have yeah. these things that make you feel warm and fuzzy and yeah, validate your existence.
2: When you and you see like just just to be treated normal, it sounds weird. It's just kind of like the, the goal. It's like, I just, oh, look, I'm normal. <laughs>
1: yeah, like I can totally insult your driving now and I'd feel fine. Exactly, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are there like little strange subtle or things where it's like, now that you have the benefit of being called a woman, you get the same shit women do?
2: Yes, if I open Instagram right now, I could probably show you three dicks. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, Let me see a dick. <laughs> let's see if there's one right now. Um, because,
1: because I've never had someone send me a dick pic except my friends that were straight dudes. There's a lot of homoeroticism in straight male
2: friendship. i oh, believe me, I remember. <laughs> 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 I don't have any requests in there right now, but like about three or four a week, I'll open up the request and it's like, That's Oh crazy. wow, there's a dick.
1: I couldn't imagine if someone showed me their pussy 3 or 4 times a week.
2: It's it's really strange. It's like that was one of those behaviors and I'm like I don't understand why boys like to share pictures of their dick so much. I don't
1: <laughs> my dick isn't big enough to just share pictures of proudly. Yeah. I got to like get angles and lighting.
2: Fuck that. Um but it's not I guess being treated like a woman and losing male privilege are very similar cuz I used to people I, I guess used that, to
1: that's kind of what I'm asking too, Yeah. is
2: like People used to, to like look to me for advice mm-hmm. because I looked alpha back in the day. Like the way that I looked, I, did saw, not. I was looking
1: at your Instagram and I saw some of the pictures and I was like, first of all, miraculous
2: transition. <laughs> Congratulations. You. Um, that was a trip. I can't grow a fucking beard. Oh, I had a, like, the yeah. like, girls loved that beard. You had a fucking <laughs> great one. Yeah, and 13 sessions of laser later, (laughs) finally, it's almost all gone. Um, But people don't listen to what you say as much anymore. They don't find your opinion valid. Like, I've literally had to explain to boys at different jobs, like, hey, Mm -hmm. if you do this, this will happen. Mm -hmm. And they don't listen. They don't. But if I had said it before, it carried some authority. So it was weird to kind of see that change. The one, there is a one positive thing, that mm-hmm. I get a lot more people that smile at me, as opposed to like a scowl that I used to get. Like men, even just in politeness, they'll smile, and mm-hmm. not in a creepy way, and it's really nice.
1: Bye, <laughs> Mom. Come here, Remy.
2: And that is, it's such a different and more positive interaction, because a lot of times, being around males, they think you're a threat at all times. Like there's around, another one. Yeah, exactly. But as, like, when a female walks into the room and there's other males, they tend to just, like, turn on the niceness. They're a little diffused. Yes. Um, and even boys now, like, I haven't had the best experience with men. Like, I've been stood up on, like, every Tinder date I've tried to go on. So, <laughs>
1: I, see, I saw that. It was on your bucket list. Have you been able to?
2: I've never been out with a guy, really. Like um i've- pr- I've dated women my mm-hmm. whole life and I've always kind of related to them and definitely consider myself a bit of a, a lesbian that mm-hmm. way because I do connect with girls way more and always really have so have you ever like even hooked up with a guy because, or i is have it? okay um in like <laughs> secret time three three some <laughs> situations <laughs> sometimes you get to be a unicorn and that's kind of fun that's pretty cool there you go but it's it's interesting because it's, it's a type of relationship I've wanted to try Mm -hmm. like, because I've always prevented myself from like doing that. But it's also finding that boys don't see trans women as women and they treat them very different. Like the, the couple times I've been asked out, Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, well you can come over between like three and 6am and this and that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh no, thanks. I want someone to hold my hand at the Mm -hmm. movies. Like, there you go. Um,
1: do you hold it against them that they treat it differently because it is a different scenario than traditional dating would, would happen as
2: Um, well. I, you get what you get on Tinder. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I haven't like organically kind of met someone that kind of clicked or bonded with that way. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, and it's one of those, like I, it's not hashtag all men kind of thing. Like I get that. It's just the majority of like people that have said mean things done mean things and things like that have generally been boys but I don't try to hold that against them all like I know everyone's different like girls have been mean to me like like yeah. do you, like old that, women are the worst sometimes <laughs> like yeah no matter me. what no matter what
1: gender you identify as they might just be the worst anyways
2: yeah but <laughs> I, I don't know. I It would be nice to meet somebody and, like, hang out and mm-hmm. develop a relationship. I mean, like, there's this dumb movie on Hulu called Boy Meets Girl about a trans girl in, like, Kentucky and, oh, really? like, What's her best friend. Out? I had no idea. It's such a good movie. It's, like, it's a cute, like, kind of. You said it was on Hulu, right? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay. Boy Meets Girl. I think I've seen the, like, title card or something. Yeah. She's like this snarky trans girl who like makes friends, but she's like super passing. That's really cool. And just kind of this cool little love story. Is it a
1: trans person that plays her?
2: Yes. Wow, that's a first. I, yeah, exactly right.
1: But pff, I already yeah. fucked the title up. <laughs> Fucking ripped over here. Boy meets Dallas is high.
2: <laughs> it's a girl. There we go. Yeah, and I mean it's like a step above a Hallmark movie, and uh-huh. the, but it's really fun that way. I I don't know. And it's a really good representation of what it can kind of be like. And I think that if you bond with someone and you really get to know them and things like that, I think a lot of that can can outweigh. I don't think that I'll meet someone online Mm -hmm. that's not going to want to be more than just a hookup. Yeah. I think it's going to have that face to face
1: kind of like dynamic to really fill in those um, genuine connections, I think.
2: Yeah. Because. You get a lot of weird questions from guys and stuff on Tinder, and they're they're really just concerned about your genitals. <laughs> yeah, well, is that
1: is that like the only kind of like weird questions you get, or like what are the weird questions you get harassed with? Um,
2: well, it's mostly like, are you pre or post op? Uh-huh. And like like the, and it's just one of those questions like, does it matter? And they're like, well, yes. <laughs> it, it,
1: they're asking; it matters to them. Yeah. You got to understand that if they're willing to ask, they're willing to. Inquire. they're trying to find a scenario where they fit in. Right. So I understand where they might be coming from, and I also understand where it might be kind of rude, because it's like, well, like, does it matter? How, how yeah. come it matters? You know, like, but it does. Like, people have preferences. Like, you know, if I da- dated a girl and she had a giant clit, I'd be a little annoyed, because I'm like, why, why, why don't I just date an undersized dick man? There you go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so...
2: Well, and, and I get it, and that's kind of why I, I took the apps off and quit doing that stuff. I was like, this is just... Like, it's also kinda- a great way to get killed in the South. Yeah, That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that's
1: another terrifying thing is that people fucking have a ruse and then get people, tr- trans people out, and then yeah, they're in danger.
2: Well, and that's... It's-
1: and I like that yeah. you're doing jujitsu. I like that you took the initiative to protect yourself and have that self-defense scenario because you're realistic about your situation. You're not splitting yeah. any hairs, going,
2: "Oh, but no, like I'm in woke California. It's mm-hmm. you know, it no. doesn't fucking matter." Well, it's like okay, moving to California. I had I knew nothing besi- about this place besides like Bill and Ted and Point Break. Like Keanu Reeves taught me everything about California. It was awful. I love him. <laughs> and he's so, my background on this fucking computer. I'm not even hell kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so when I move out here, I didn't know there were cowboys. So the first time I drove by Bull's Tavern, I went, Oh, well there's the gay bar. (laughs) That was my first thought. And then I had to ask somebody and they're like, no, that's, that's actual cowboys. I'm like, what are their cowboys doing here?
1: Have you ever been to the Maverick? No, that's a cowboy bar in San Inez. Oh, crazy. No, you you see some MAGA hats once in a while.
2: Oh, I'm sure.
1: It's so funny. Like, I don't give a shit if you voted for Trump, but, those hats are so gross (laughs) it's like they're gaudy they're they're red red's not a good hat color um how many years are you gonna wear a hat before it is out of style like it's past its point like i like people at least transition to like the white ones or like the the different colored ones i'm like okay refreshing i still don't like you because i don't think we agree on much but at least you're trying at least you get a signal at least you know where someone stands That's true but also (laughs) i like there's people who have MAGA hats and i'm like i don't know where they stand you know what i mean because there's really cool people that may have voted for trump and it's like that doesn't mean they're a bad person and i have to fucking now i have to find out it's so lazy i'm so lazy (laughs) like i'm like oh great i have to find out if you're like one of those cool MAGA people (laughs) or one of those like awful frat boys in pictures oh god that's awful like i was at cracker barrel the other day and i saw some kid walk up in a MAGA hat and it was just this scrawny little sickly looking white boy and i was just like you fucking virgin can't stand that shit because it's just like you are a troll and it's like i know exactly the skeezy little like cracker boy he is and it's, <laughs> it's fucking
2: that's why we went to like my little little family group we uh- two trans women and Becca Mm -hmm. uh, went to Cracker Barrel at like eight o'clock on like a Tuesday Mm -hmm. just to like, we better not like, like we were looking around the store. Mm -hmm. Like I've got a perfect idea. Bible verses for mermaids gets everything that did you look around that store? They're like,
1: yeah, I got a steps in hat, not a fucking Bible. What are you talking about?
2: They have, they're selling like these books that are like the best Bible verses for this and that. Like there's so much Christian influence in that store. It's just like That's everywhere
1: cool. They have the right to do that.
2: Oh no, they totally do. But it's <laughs> I mean, just like feeling I, I, I very. <laughs> I like
1: that. Like I can go somewhere and they're allowed to do that because I grew up in like a very iconoclastic attitude, and right. I was so anti-establishment. And part of the establishment is organized religion, and I was so against people and their religion. And it's I've like been opened up to people expressing themselves because they find value in that. And I was like, okay, now I have to, it made me grow as a person is what I'm saying. So yeah. I, that's something I appreciated. And now I can go places like that and not feel like I'm on fire or like I want to burn the place down. I just go like, Oh, like you guys are like that. You're that part of the spectrum.
2: Well, it's hard too, because Chick-fil-A tastes so good.
1: Oh dude, <laughs> a Chick-fil-A. I can't taste homophobia in there. <laughs> I can't believe I had to go the entire month of June without posting pictures of my Chick-fil-A that I was at. Ugh. Chick-fil-A is the last great fast food restaurant. Dude, are you kidding me? They keep the ugly people in back. They have the pretty people up front. They're fucking so nice. A clan member could walk in there, be waited on by a black kid, not even notice that place is great. Their food tastes great. One time I was eating like their fucking BLT sandwich and I had this sauce that I was pouring on it and I went to take a bite and the fucking sauce dripped and the, Fucking tray moved to catch the sauce. I fucking love that place. They're so fucking nice. You see that? You see that headline or that clip of that video of the Chick Fil A worker jumping out of the window and saving someone who was yes, like choking. I, I was like, Whoa. I was, I was like, that's amazing. But I'm not even surprised because that place is amazing.
2: Do you think he said my pleasure once he was sa- like saved the person? They I like, hope Thank the person you. choking
1: didn't say my pleasure. <laughs> no, 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 fucking like, pervert. Every
2: time, <laughs> I feel so awkward every time they look at me and go, my pleasure. I'm like, was well, it really did I do a good job? Uh, sometimes I look at them and nature. be like, I hope so. <laughs>
1: oh, God, the men have nicer asses than women there. That place is great. <laughs> I'm glad all that landed. Yeah, no, I can, I, can I love that. Chick-fil-A
2: humor. <laughs> yeah. oh.
1: Your relationship sounds fucking exhausting and I can't even begin to imagine what it's like dating more than one person oh, no, no, or no. let alone living with someone it's or like being uh, so Go good. ahead.
2: No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Like last night, Becca is like, it's like nine o'clock at night. She's like, do you want to go to a movie? I'm like, bitch, I have to be up for work at 5am. Like, mm. You're damn right I do. And she's and I'm like, no. She goes and asks Anna. Anna wants to go to the movie. She's like, yes. They went and saw Midsummer. I don't want to see that scary movie. It's not scary. It looks scary. It's
1: not scary. Well I'm so fucking pissed <laughs> at that movie. We could talk about it. Well, oh my god. Well, I didn't go. I know you didn't go, but I just want to rant, is what I'm <laughs> saying. That fucking movie. The word the entire listen. The opening scene before the, the title of the movie pops up they always you know Mm -hmm. it's like a 10 15 minute scene whatever is the gnarliest part of the whole movie and then the rest is shit i've seen everywhere else it's fucking cult movie seen it fucking you know contorted bodies with like fucking gore i've seen all the hellraiser movies piss off i've seen fucking Gaspar noe films i've seen heads smashed in it's fine i just watched halloween the dude squashed the dude's brain you know like i'm fu- like there's nothing that i was seeing in there there were the, the fucking they take mushrooms in the movie okay like a lot and you t- you've done psychedelics yeah. so you know like when someone's face is moving okay it, you know what i mean it there's there's a very accurate depiction of psychedelics and what you see and how like the patterns of everything would be moving. Yeah. And I thought that was cool, but it was also making me kind of nauseous. And then there's this interesting scene where they have this, um, big lunch out in the field, and everyone has are is on, like, these big, long picnic tables, and they all have their silverware, and um, they have to wait for, like, the head of the table's queue to grab their silverware. So they open it, unfold it, and it goes, clink, 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 and it goes all around the table. And for some reason, that part made me so nauseous, and I wanted to throw up, and I was like, I do not feel good. But I also think the only reason I really felt nauseous is because I ate an entire box of red vines and then one of those Dunkin' Donuts, like, French vanilla iced coffee things, so...
2: Ooh, no, That was my fault. Well, see, her and Anna got to have a great date. I got mm-hmm. to stay home. I cleaned my room. Listen to a podcast. Like, that's cool. I got, and that's the the beauty of this relationship. It's like, oh, you can go do this stuff with this person, or you can go with that person, or you can do whatever. See, and it's that just,
1: part sounds great.
2: Yeah, it's, that it's part having does multiple sound great. people that can do different things. Oh. And like, I would never take Becca to see an Every Time I Die show. Like, she would not enjoy it. How do you know? Oh because I've played it in the car for, she just can't stand it.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what kind of music every time I die is, but it sounds like one of those dumb warped tour
2: band names that I've heard for years. Oh, that's because they've been on warped tour like since the Ugh, beginning. Exactly. But anyway. No, no, they, oh, they're
1: from Buffalo, New dare York. You. you know what's also from Buffalo, New York? What? Something else bad. I can't <laughs> tell what. But who cares it's <laughs> Buffalo? Name one other thing. The Sabers, that's it.
2: Fuck off. What about uh, that that uh, Christina Ricci movie, Buffalo 66? <laughs> don't I've Oh really? Sorry. I know. Don't. You oh, you just embarrassed that. me on my own podcast because I've okay. never seen it. I'm from the '90s and, and I worked at Blockbuster. I've seen more movies than you. You worked at what? I worked at Blockbuster. At what? Oh my god, now I do feel old.
1: <laughs> I used to rent movies from Blockbuster in Santa Maria. It's a bank now. Um, oh, sad. But you just said the fucking movie
2: Buffalo. So Oh, it's a my. sad one stop. no more it's stop fun. talking no more
1: spoilers <laughs> that we're done you're done with the <laughs> movies i don't like knowing anything about a movie if i want to see it if there's some interest in it i'm like okay i'm in and i don't want to know anymore because i too many times have i seen previews or trailers or someone's told me something about it and then that was the best part of the movie and i already knew it and i didn't get to have a nice experience because the rest of it sucked Oh,
2: that sucks
1: like this movie *Midsummer*, the opening scene, um, do you care if I spoil it? That's fine. Okay. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen *Midsummer*, good for you. Happy for your life, but I don't give a shit. I'm spoiling it right now. Um, the opening scene, this girl is really concerned about her sister. Cause she's got a really weird, like ominous cryptic email. that said everything's black. Um, but it's okay. I'm leaving mom and dad are coming to goodbye. And, and this, girls like what's going on like my sister she's trying to talk to her boyfriend he's out with his friends and they're like dude your chick's calling again like what the fuck like you know and he's like oh and they're like why don't you just break up with her it was super tacky and it turns out that she ends up calling again and then he answers the phone has to leave and her sister killed herself and her parents but the way they show it is crazy because They show her calling her parents and you get a voicemail and you see the parents are Mm -hmm. laying in bed, they're asleep, they missed the call, they're old, they're not fucking hearing the thing. Um, And then you see it cuts to the scene of um, these firefighters opening like the garage door and opening the door and you see these hoses from the cars in the garage and they're all the way up through the house, up the stairs in the computer room where the sister was
2: oh shit
1: taped to her mouth upstairs there's a bunch of tape taped all these hoses into the fucking room where the parents were sleeping the tape is now off the sister's mouth there's sure she's white and pale and her eyes are fucking gone and she just threw up everywhere she fucking and then you see the emails that her sister's sending her like are you okay what's going on let me know you know and you just can it's like, oh, shit, like it was some of the darkest fucking thing, one of the darkest things I've ever seen in a movie. And it was really, really, really well done. And it's a very beautifully shot movie. But the rest of it was just like yeah, fucking whatever. Yeah, it was very whatever. There's some good head smashing scenes. But I knew like right after that, everything that happened, I've like saw coming it was not a surprise it wasn't something crazy it was like oh this person's dead they're probably eating that person that i know he's gonna go find that person dead and it was it's like oh shocker the dude who went off with the girl it was like this someone didn't know how to do a slasher movie but they tried and then they tried to blend it with like this cult movie it was it was so bad it, it was like really beautifully shot and really badly stitched together i think that sucks like the biggest scene I think other than the opening scene I described is these two people committing suicide by jumping off this big rock like cliff in front of everyone. And I I knew they were these two people were going to die the second they sat down at that big table and like the lunch table and the yeah. silverware. And I was like, these people are they're, they're old. They're looking at each other. They're like, this is the last time we're going to do this. And just be, before that, the dude had described someone, what happens when you're 72, and the guy goes, this is what happens when you're in 70, when you're 72 years old in this cult yeah. or whatever, in this uh, commune. And so I was like, these people are gone. They're going to die. They're, this is the end of their life. I don't know what happens. They, they're going to die somehow. And then they go up on the top of the cliff where there's a bunch of people standing there, and then there's a hammer. And I'm like, hmm, that's not fucking weird. And then there's these dumb tourists watching it, and then they jump, and they go, no! And then lands head smashed open and it's like fucking duh what do you think was gonna happen also had my girlfriend sitting next to me she's like oh my god i don't know and i'm like i already know they're gonna fucking jump don't even worry about it you're not spoiling anything for me because she had read about it
2: yeah (sighs) what was the last movie though that like turned it on its head for you like what really got you like what was the last thing that really
1: really what like made me cry made me happy made me fucking uncomfortable
2: you didn't see the turn coming. That you didn't see. You couldn't just predict. Hereditary,
1: the, movie. the guy who did Midsummer's okay. uh, previous so, movie. I almost left the theater. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, um, I think we're done here. I don't need to see anymore.
2: Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Rebecca was telling me about that. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to see that movie either. Thank you.
1: No, yeah, I've never done that, and I was like, oh, I think I need to leave. I'm. It was just like that was the worst thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Is at that point, but I was so. Intrigued because I was like, "I've never felt that before at a movie theater." I'm staying.
0: Yeah. And then the
1: rest of the movie was like, "Okay, I can handle this." The rest of it was just a fun ride. So I feel like that's another thing that happened uh, in Midsummer where it was like the gnarly part already happened, and then I had to just ride out the rest of the kind of bad shit.
2: Yeah. See, I I think I've lost my taste for horror movies. Like I used to watch them a lot, and because you're a chick. I, yeah, I think exactly. So. Yeah. Now it's all true crime. That's all I listen to. <laughs> What's the matter with you, <laughs> fucking ladies in true crime? You're just planning to kill your husbands. Yeah, yeah most all likely your dudes. Um, but no, like, I, it's funny how once I was free to kind of be myself, yeah. you get rid of a lot of things that you're like, oh, I was this I was not a part of this. Yeah, and that was like, I was actually free to start watching movies and stuff because I was even afraid that my ex would like see, um like stuff I was watching on Netflix I was Mm -hmm. like she's gonna see this like I cannot watch Gilmore Girls one more time she'll know
1: oh man that's the cool thing about being in a relationship is you just get turned into a little bitch and like and I was just sending the first time I ran through Gilmore Girls I'm sending Kylie pictures of me crying and I was like oh my god what what no I fucking who's this Jess guy he's
2: great you know and (laughs) oh man but see that's the thing is like I was like trying to hide so much that I was worried that like my Mm. Netflix would give me away I'm like I I just at a certain point you break yeah I bet so
1: I'm just having a secret like that that's a trip
2: oh and the amount of times like I've bought clothes and then like thrown them out and bought clothes and like I've spent so much money and she sounds like a lady to me uh, yeah (laughs) yeah It's, it's the worst because you know, this thing will make you happy, but you know, it comes mm-hmm. with so many consequences that you're like, you keep debating about it. Like I was waiting for my parents to die. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to disappoint them I've even more. Where some
1: people were like, Oh, I'm not even gonna um, have them around when I come out or uh, come out as trans or
2: because that, that rejection sucks. I like, bet
1: dude, I couldn't imagine what it's like to be rejected by your parents.
2: Well, and, so I haven't I haven't spoken to either of them in like since I came out. <laughs> like, so
1: how many years is that?
2: Four years? Um, no, two years. Two years. Okay, yeah. okay. Like well, what? September will be two years. Why haven't you spoken to them? I told them what happened. My mom flipped. She just she couldn't process it. I don't I don't she, know. She
1: blamed it on living in California.
2: She, she blamed it on witchcraft and everything else.
1: Hilarious.
2: <laughs> yeah, and she she couldn't put the pieces together. She couldn't see all these things that like led up to it. Like the times that I tried to come out to her, like here's, here's a really funny one. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm probably like 10 to 12, somewhere in there where I was right around the age where I was supposed to probably start discovering masturbation uh-huh. somewhere in there. Yeah and they found that I had, I had taken out of the mail at Fredericks of Hollywood. Um, it was like the, the really trashy version of um, Victoria's Secret. Okay. And I had been looking through it, and I was looking at these girls, and I'm like, wow, they're so pretty. Like, I wish I could wear that and things like that. So it was like that right around mm-hmm. puberty time, and they find it with, like, um, with my stuff, and they were mm-hmm. like, what are you doing with this? And blah, blah, blah. They're like, do you, do, you, do you touch yourself when... Um, when you look at this stuff, I'm, they're like, "I'm like, no, I want to wear it. I think it's really pretty." And like, I was giving this genuine answer of like how pretty these bras were and this lingerie and stuff. Like,
1: and they were like, "You little lion sinner."
2: Yeah, and I'm like, I and because there wasn't a sexual aspect to it, then it was just like, "Wow, I hope my body looks like that one mm-hmm. day," because you you keep hoping for that. And I was, like I said, I was really little, like, trying to understand, like, and hating puberty, like, not wanting to go through it, going, like, this is the wrong thing.
1: Yeah, it sucks when your dick getting bigger is the final thing to happen, in your... <laughs> <laughs>
2: and you're just crying. <laughs> like, I don't like this.
1: <laughs> I remember that w- when that first happened. Um, I had never seen my, noticed my circumcision scar. Oh, and I a, thought that it was dirty and I would be scrubbing my dick trying to get this fucking skin off. And I was like, why is it dark right there? Oh, man, it was horrible. It took me so long to realize that my dick looks like a Neapolitan bar because of people cutting the foreskin off. It's oh circumcision. Oh,
2: I've never heard it described like that. That is <laughs>
1: my friend chris navarro described it like that um not my dick but he had <laughs> described a porn star's dick looking like that and i was like that's what mine that's looks
2: so like like. funny
1: mine uh, looks like a faded like uh my it looks like a neapolitan bar picture that you left in like the window and the sun bleached
2: it <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'll describe it as <laughs> that's amazing
1: when's the earliest moment when you felt like you were different
2: um Probably right around first grade when they started separating us, like boys on one side, girls mm-hmm. on the other. I'm like, all my friends are over here. I don't okay. talk to them. And like, yeah. that was when it first kind of started. Mm-hmm. And I used to play dress up with my little sister when uh-huh. I when we were
1: really little. My sister used to dress me and my brother up as chicks. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. And some of us
2: enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember doing that really little okay. as well. That's funny. And... It's it's weird how like do I would think that my parents would like would understand be like do not see with it all the anger all the frustration me not going to prom me not going to any of these things were because I wasn't allowed to do it the way I wanted to Well no because they thought of you as a man and that's <laughs> your own journey that your problems
1: are your own Yeah. and you keep you keep them inside till they turn into cancer
2: <laughs> Yeah exactly and like the the other time, it, like it put me back into the closet, was when I tried to come out to a girl that I was living with in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like go Tennessee, shout out
1: to Tennessee. <laughs> oh Tennessee,
2: it's a beautiful spot. It was where the clan was founded. I know. I worked with some people that like whose grandfathers were in that. <laughs> That's shit. crazy. Yeah, they told me like crazy stories. Oh, fuck. But so I I go to uh, I go out to a drag bar. And like make friends with a couple Mm -hmm. drag queens, and got dressed up one night, and realized, oh, I'm not a drag queen. I just want to sit here and drink my drink and just be normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I love that feeling. But my the girl that I was with, she freaked. She was like, I started to date a guy. I don't want to date a girl, and blah blah blah, and this and that. I'm like, you'd imagine where she'd go. No. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing. (laughs) Well, and and she ended up like embarrassing me in front of my coworkers and stuff. Oh, a bitch. well, so what that did was I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I packed up my shit and I drove out cross country and hung out with my dad because I hadn't seen him mm-hmm. in a while. And I ended up staying and I'm like, okay, i so not- parents not separated. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They've been separated. They called me on my, uh, 23rd birthday and told me that they were getting a divorce and they didn't know it was my birthday. It was really funny.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah. See, they had bigger problems. if oh, They yeah. didn't even know your birthday. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's always kind of been like that. <laughs> and so I moved out here. I threw away all the clothes that I had. I was like, I'm never going to do this shit again. And I met a normal girl and mm-hmm. I lived a normal life. And I almost like I was so unhealthy. I was so fucking depressed and suicidal. Mm-hmm. And it just I cracked one day and like the literally like I told her I was transgender. I get kicked out three days later. I'm living full time as a girl. like There you go. Wow. No Just nothing, fucking yeah.
1: baptism by fire. I keep using that euphemism. Sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> um, I was
1: thinking, what a way to be reminded that nobody likes you when you're 23 than <laughs> your parents saying, we're getting a divorce <laughs> yeah. on your 23rd birthday and then forgetting.
2: Well, yeah. Well, and it was funny, too, because I'll never forget what I said to them. They so were your like, sister's
1: the favorite. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you have a good relationship with your sister
2: she's the only one who still talks to me like I I love her like That's me and beautiful. her we got to like we got tighter as friends and like than than we ever did before like the first okay fun fact trans girls get a period except no blood we get the cramps. I
1: get that. All
2: yeah. I fucking have <laughs> sympathy
1: pains. I get man periods all the time.
2: Oh, it's the worst. It, like it hurts so much. Like the muscles contract, the whole deal. The first time oh, I, I don't got know cramps. About
1: that. I don't get cramps.
2: Yeah. No, I get the like terrible. Like I called my sister and went, "Hey, um, I'm sorry I ever made fun of you ever on your period. This is the worst fucking thing ever." And is I don't it e- really. Yes, I was. Is it like doubled. neon belly or what? It's like. And like lower back, everything is like contracting, and then you kind of feel like you have to poop a lot, but you don't. And then it's just—I think
1: of- I might always be <laughs> in the state of having a period because of my sciatica there and you go. constant <laughs> shitting. Jesus!
2: But it's just like it just like a heating pad helps. Like the first time I got it, I was like trying to do stretches. I had my foam roller out, going, "What is yeah, wrong with my yeah, back?
1: Oh, fucking roll that
2: thing out!" It- yeah. And then Becca looks at me and she's like, dumbass, you're getting your period. I'm like, I get those. Serious? Oh, man. Yeah. It's been a weird journey to learn all of those things that like I should have done research beforehand. (laughs) That's a weird one.
1: Girls. Jesus, what have I done? Girls and their periods because that's such a genuine change every like three and a half weeks that someone goes through
2: yeah, I have a tracker on my phone and I can't believe how well it syncs up. Like, I'm like, Oh wow. This is like clockwork.
1: Yeah. It literally, your body, it's your body bodily clock. Like knowing when it's fucking time to re up. That's crazy because there's some real fucking attitude changes and there's some real appetite changes and there's some real, it's like, what do you know about the hormones that change when you're PMSing?
2: well, I know that it's like, and again, this is secondhand from, I think even Becca and I were talking mm-hmm. about this last night that, um, like it's the closest, like the most testosterone you have in your body is on your period. Mm-hmm. Like this where most androgen. So that's why okay. the aggression comes out a little more things like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it does have that effect of raising that level. Okay. And I think that that's a big part of it. Like I cry a lot. Like I, I get really sad yeah. and stuff like that. And Did you not used to? Never. Never. I never cried. Oh, because you
1: were saying you didn't really express like emotions before. You didn't really have that would you not have the capacity or did you just not want to?
2: I just held it all back. Held it it all back.
1: Like Jesus Christ. (laughs) When did that come to a head? That
2: sounds like hell. It was it was because my blood pressure was through the roof. Like I had so many red flags. Like I went to a dentist one time and I was getting my teeth cleaned and they're like, Oh, your your tooth is chipped. I'm like, Okay, whatever. They're like, Do you want us to fix it? I'm like, No, I don't really look in the mirror that often. I don't care. That's how I felt about You just sound like the
1: (laughs) most badass stoic dude though, when you say that.
2: Right. But it was just I just didn't care. I was so sad and just that's depressing. And once it all came out, there's a lot of crying the first like six months of transition Mm -hmm. the first three months of hormones were the worst for that because all of a sudden it's like oh i feel emotions like once the testosterone was gone and i was had more like Mm -hmm. it's just like my the fog in my brain basically went away is what it felt like oh really it just see
1: that that's crazy because that's how what i described jujitsu as is the post release from all that yeah so you're like six months of crying. was just a release from all that shit that you kept
2: in there. It sure felt like it. That's crazy.
1: Uh, the only callifier I, ear I have is from
2: fucking uh,
1: headphones. I swear
2: to God. <laughs> right. <sighs> so that was, that was the first part. And I was really sad. I was really depressed at that time because I had lost my family. I lost my friends. I lost with my ex. I lost all of her family. I had nieces mm-hmm. that I saw born that were like almost three years old that I would oh, babysit. Wow. And I love these girls so much and they, they were family. And then all of a sudden that's gone from you. There's
1: interesting. It's just, what kept kept you going? What was like, always like a common motivator. Cause me, like when I have states of depression and like have suicidal thoughts, morbid curiosity keeps me going. Cause I'm like, how bad can this get? I want to know.
2: I started doing more. I started to see how far I could push my body. If I didn't care, I wanted to see how far I could go. Okay. I started paddleboarding, but I would do like 10 miles. I would oh, just go for like...
1: That's why you're fucking shredded.
2: Yeah. I'm or like so I jealous. started... Um, I, need to, I
1: need to hate myself <laughs> like that.
2: Well, I started doing like these really long hikes in Big Sur. Mm-hmm. Like I would go and do like hike in, set up a camp, do everything just by myself. I didn't even tell anybody. I just didn't care. And that was like a weird way to deal with that depression we just go on these really long hikes and just start thinking about stuff.
1: How did that kind of exercise make you feel though? Was it like as endorphin releasing and as therapeutic as people say that is, if you're in that
2: it, kind of situation? It was for me and it helped me like through that isolation, I started to like process and I'm like, do I want to transition? Do I want to come out? Do I want to do this? Like, like what is the point of doing all these things? I'm not even getting enjoyment mm-hmm. out of being here because I'm so consumed with these other thoughts. And that isolation reveals that when you have mm-hmm. nothing else to do but sit and stare at a fire because you've made your camp and you've yeah. done everything else. Your thoughts just come to you. Wow. And that that all, you have that fear of like, well, what if somebody comes? What if it's a, a mountain lion? What if this? Mm-hmm. What if that? But eventually all of that goes away, too. And you just start kind of it's like you just start processing stuff. And I would do it so often. Yeah. Okay. Same thing with a paddleboard being in Morro Bay. Mm-hmm. I'd get on the paddleboard and it's that rhythmic motion mm-hmm. over and over for hours. Meditation right there. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And through that is, and also like smoking a lot of weed, doing edibles, <laughs> being in that self-reflecting time, like it it started to like open things up. It's just mm. go, okay, you're not happy. Mm. You know what will make you happy. Yeah. And it just, it builds and it builds and it builds. And then with that depression, even after I came out, I was still sad because of all the stuff that was going on. Yeah. I started to go, well, keep doing push-ups, keep doing sit-ups because that's what Henry Rollins would tell yeah. you to do.
1: No, oh, yeah, him and uh, Charles <laughs> Bronson have been some of the biggest influences on me from not being a, for not being a little fat bitch.
2: Yeah, it was just like, yes, you're sad. You can go and eat a whole bunch of really bad food and stuff or you can get the endorphins from doing a bunch of push-ups and a bunch of sit-ups. Yeah, and dude, I-, I used
1: to do a bunch of push-ups and sit-ups and now I, you'd have to put a gun to my head to get me to do both of those. <laughs> well, but I do a lot of like powerlifting and, like, weightlifting now. Yeah. I mean, I've been on vacation for, like, a month now, <laughs> but um, I, I love lifting weights. Have you read his uh, excerpt on the iron? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, plastered on gyms. And sometimes mean, yeah. it's really fucking cool. I have that book right here somewhere,
2: too. I and love I, bringing up books. <laughs> when I think that that's a big part of, like... I got a lot done in my time. Yeah. Like, I got... I got even being homeless. I lost my job. I had all these things go, go wrong I'm at a tech company in town <laughs> and it just it, everything changed all at once. And I was still able to get on hormones, get my name change done, mm-hmm. get to get through therapy, did voice lessons. I did everything I possibly could to stay busy and stay organized because I'm like, if I stop, if I lose momentum, I'm going to go crazy. And that discipline of like, just do it, just keep doing something, even though you don't want to do it like that motivation. You're getting me motivated right now. <laughs> yeah. I want to go fucking do something. <laughs> well, it's just, you have that, that Henry Rollins thing. And like, I, I hate how much it influenced me, but I also think it's like, there are certain people we can look to that just have an example that you can follow. And that is like, he changed my life period. doing it. Yeah, I
1: was, I was in a horrible state of mind before I found him and how I found him was trying to look for a Bukowski book. Really, I asked. I went up to one of my. I went to a um, continuation high school, and they're notoriously great for good teachers and great experiences because mm-hmm. these people treat students like people. They're on first name basis with these students. They're having real human connection. There's also less students, so you have a lot more teacher to go around and you have a lot more connection that you can build with these. And they're fucking real, They're fucking real. I've never had so many teachers tell me to shut the fuck up to my face (laughs) because I needed to hear that, you know what I mean? And I went up and I asked uh, my teacher, Dr. I don't remember his whole name. We called him Mako. Might be Makowetski, Makowatski, I don't know. But we called him Mako, like Mako Shark. I was like, hey, uh, do you have any, Bukowski and he's like no but I have something better and he went and he grabbed I think I'm pretty sure he grabbed either this one or the first five okay Um, one of Henry Rollins books and I, and I had just gotten like really into punk like I had always liked punk but now I was like really into it and I was like oh shit it was like meant to be yeah I've never had someone give me a book where it like actually changed something or modified something in my life and it fucking changed everything. And I started watching his like stand up and, you know, his mm-hmm. talking shows and it was a lot of direction and a lot of like ego chambering and just a fantastic, like I related to this person because I was sober. He was sober. He didn't, you know, he's not straight edge, but he didn't yeah. have like any influence from drugs or alcohol. And I was, notoriously like against all of that. I didn't smoke weed till I was 21 and I didn't drink till I was like 18. So it was like a very awesome thing to find as someone who didn't have like a good role model because the rest of them were like kind of on drugs or Mm -hmm. drunks and I didn't find anything in that. And then I got this guy and it just, I love it so much. I don't even know how to come full circle with that, but
2: Fuck. Well, it's just, it's the discipline aspect. It's, it's, yeah, the
1: discipline. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, there you go.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of times there's there's that reward in it. And I think that I found it with jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You got to taste it with jujitsu. Yeah. And now Becca's doing it with the gym and jujitsu. Like, she is seeing the benefit of, like, slow progress. Like, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest benefits is do little things every day. Mm-hmm. And it adds up. Big it accumulation. Time. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean... I did Nogi for nine months and it was a big fucking deal. And I still have like a little bit of base, like ground. I mm-hmm. still have a little bit of a game. But, and then the last time I rolled was fantastic. I hadn't rolled in forever and I was so fucking eager to just. I'd just been building up knowing, okay, when I used to roll, I'd always do a heavy closed guard because I'm a skateboarder and a power yeah, lifter. Yeah. No one can open my legs. It's really easy, but it also kind of, I get trapped there. So that sucks. So I was like, I need to play with an open guard, do more half guard stuff. And then I had actually, there's this meme someone shared about um, like when a white belt steps on your fucking legs to pass your guard. And like, and I was like, oh, I thought I was doing groundbreaking shit. <laughs> By doing that, but I had fucking thought about like, why don't I just step on people to like keep them down? So I like put my knee on his wrist and like step on his ankle, and I was like, yeah, I I got, I ride a skateboard. I could ride you like a skateboard. It's easy. I could just surf you, kind (laughs) of, and it fucking worked, and it was so exciting, and just breathing helps me with my breathing, and like I fucking when i'm in a stressful situation i just think okay think about when you're in an ugly situation in jujitsu on the mat you got to breathe you got to breathe through your nose got to calm down got to find an escape you know yeah. i've held on a long time to n- not getting choked going i can get out of this i can get out of this it's going to be uncomfortable for a while but i can get there and i do and it's because i had that discipline and i had that fucking built in so well, it's cool that becca's doing I- Fucking, we should probably go to the gym after this.
2: but to say? And if you ever come up near our place, we'll have you over for dinner. We have mats in our garage. Like, really? a, oh have yeah, covered that's the right. whole I thing. I've
1: seen that. That's awesome. How much was it to get mats in there?
2: I think I got like, they were like fifty dollars a box, and I got like five boxes, five or six nice. that covered that. That's really cool. And it's been great. We just need to get some kettlebells and stuff. Who would you
1: buy them through? Amazon. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. Right on.
2: Because I know they
1: have um a lot of like good deals on mats on like MMA warehouse and shit like that.
2: Yeah. Um, but like we always have like mats by like we stretch all the time. Everyone in our house like borrows like the mats mm -hmm. or like moves them around because it's like, Oh yeah, I just want to stretch right now for like an hour and it's, it feels so good to like keep doing that stuff.
1: God, you're making me feel stiff just talking about (laughs) it. I want to go stretch. I want to go put a ghee on, I want to go do something. Um, I was gonna say, you do you know the one of the professors at Paragon Sanrio Lance Glenn? Oh yeah, he has the coolest mat setup in his house. He posted a picture of it recently. Oh, it was so fucking oh, yeah, yeah. cool. He yeah, has like this little like foyer or something and there's the, mats in it and yeah. it's like he has and those balls. walls yeah and I was like that's so fucking cool why would you ever go to work why would you ever go to the gym you could just do it there I wonder I was like how often would I be there you know how many times I'm with my fucking jerk off friends and I'm trying to show them the difference between an Americana and a, and a Kimura <laughs> and I can't fucking like articulate it because we're around a barbecue pit or something <laughs> stupid like that oh, my oh man <sighs> that's fucking great what other tattoos do you
2: have? Uh, so I have my tank girl on my tank arm, and then, the uh, tin can mm-hmm. on the back of my calf. I have four Converge albums. It's all in one piece. Yeah. I went to to Jillian. She was at sink or swim like years and years back. Okay. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's in a Grover beach tattoo shop. Oh, okay. 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 <clears throat> and, uh, I took her the album covers, and so she put, it's um, Jane Doe, mm-hmm. No Heroes, Axe to Fall, and All We Love We Leave Behind. Wow. She worked all of those covers together into one piece that covers my whole calf. That's badass. Yep. And then on the top of my thigh, I have the Every Time I Die tattoo. Mm-hmm. But, oh, okay. So coming up, just this Friday, like we planned yeah. this yesterday. There's a girl that, lit, that uh, I can't remember what shop she works at. I think it's like Royal Something Tattoo. Mm-hmm she's doing this thing called a glory hole tattoo where you stick a body part through and they're going to give you like a a crazy anonymous tattoo. She said like, you know, like no dicks or anything like that, but something really cool. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh my God, I'm so in. And so like Friday, I'm going to go like get a piece on my leg. I don't know what it's going to be. That's
1: (laughs) all I've gotten were tattoos that I just spur of the moment. Yeah. (laughs) I've never planned a tattoo and I regret it because I have no like special pieces on me right now (laughs) except for the Anthony Bourdain one.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I started getting them actually once I came out. Like I never really. I got the one piece on my calf, and it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty big.
1: (laughs) It's pretty fucking big. It's pretty cool. Um, it was really detailed artwork. How much does that shit cost? Because I don't fucking.
2: So for her, because she does like the hyper real stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, mostly black and white. I think this was with tip and everything like eight hundred, seven eight hundred. Oh, that's not bad for all that. Yeah. Okay. So I saved up a good bit for that. Did two sessions and yeah
1: my first tattoo i didn't tip at all and i had no idea and then i felt so stupid i never went back to get another one until the lady left the tattoo shop
2: oh you showed her i showed her
1: (laughs) 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 she was an apprentice and i was like the world's tough lady get used to it it was like she was paying her dues by not getting paid oh that's funny oh my god all right do you want to get some to some of these questions yeah all right what you got (laughs) okay so i already asked my two that um outlandish names and then why are trans women killed so often (laughs) so these are going to be um just ones my listeners submitted oh there was another one my friend asked wanted to ask i can't think of it um So let's just get into it. One of the the first questions is, uh, how do you feel about sex when, like, the person has opposite genitals to you Um, as a trans person?
2: So, I I don't know. It didn't really bother me. It's one of those, like, this works.
1: I think they're, in so many words, you're asking, how does sex work with you?
2: Um, So, (laughs) if I'm with a a cis female, Mm -hmm. um, then just, you know, normal, regular Whatever works because, um, how do I say this? Girl dick is different than a boy dick, just you know, they're nicer, (laughs) nicer, (laughs) (laughs) a little softer. Everything's, yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, no, like normal, whatever sex, Mm -hmm. and then like not to go too blue, but anal is fun too. So, I like everything. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not picky, I like people. All right.
1: And then I already would, I would, I would asked about the passing question. I jumped to that one. Um, someone you may have heard of before asked, what's the deal with trans girls and pickles?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's this, like, even memes go around about how much trans girls like pickles. Really? That's um, hilarious. Yeah. Now it's, it's in the culture. Now it's real. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> and... I think a lot of it has to do with like the Spyro. A lot of us uh, take or used to take Spyro, mm-hmm. and that gets every bit of salt out of your system. Like it flushes your system. Like you pee all the time, and so it helps to get rid of all the salt. And so the pickles are like the perfect food for that. Like it just- Just has a bunch of fucking vinegar and salt in there. Yeah. His, his it's dad's just, home, he wants that. Oh. <laughs> so, but but even before that, before I got on HRT or anything like that, I uh-huh. still loved pickles.
1: Yeah, me too. I love pickles too. I don't see the problem. People there's yeah.
2: Pickles are great. That's what why people like fucking pickles, okay? But pick any random trans girl's Instagram, you'll see her posting pictures of pickles. It just it's a thing. I'm gonna test that <laughs> theory
1: out. I'm gonna put that in here. How do you spell spyro? Uh,
2: like the fucking video game? S okay. P okay. I R O Spyro and then spyro and a lactone from there gotcha. will we'll get you close enough. Pickle.
1: Go. do you ever go get those fucking like
2: bag pickles from like Seven Eleven oh, or God. like the grocery store Yeah, they're thing? so good <laughs> they're so fucking good oh i just got the trader joe's like hot and spicy dough <laughs> pickles those are so good nice
1: i didn't know they had those i don't shop at trader joe's because i don't live around one oh. but i'll go in there with my girlfriend and just look at all this shit and judge it it's i'm so like good. you guys aren't real people you don't have to buy the growth hormones and- <laughs> <laughs> all right and then this is kind of a long question, and I wasn't quite sure. Um, at first, it sounded like it was worded in almost like a mean-spirited way, but I don't think it was. Okay. Um, I can. I deduced that maybe it wasn't. Um, so in so many words, why do you think it's so important to have conversation about transgender people? Also, where's the middle ground between people having to have genuine conversations and people just playing into identity politics or just seeking attention?
2: Gotcha. Um, the only reason I think it well, one of the reasons I think it's important to have conversations like this Mm -hmm. is I'm a lot of people's like first trans person they meet, like, or the first trans person that they're friends with,
1: and sometimes I think you're easily the first trans person I've had a long form conversation with already, so that's really cool. Okay. Yeah, but have you you ever brought any other trans girls home? Mm, Well, I (laughs) I didn't talk to them. You think I was going to let them open their mouths? (laughs) Oh
2: my god. (laughs) So it's nice to have people already have maybe an, an understanding. So if they do meet someone, mm-hmm. they can go, oh, hey, I They're probably should. Yeah, they little. have more information. Yeah. They know that like, hey, asking someone's old name can be kind of hurtful or mm-hmm. they could, you know, they'll already know just a few things that will help them along to just treat us like we're normal people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the gender politics, though, mm-hmm. does get annoying um, being a cynical 30 yeah. year old lady, like I am, mm-hmm. uh, I don't go to meetings. I didn't even go to pride. I had to work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like,
1: Pride looks like one of those things that's exhausting too. Like oh, having God. that fucking
2: polyamorous relationship. You'd be amazed at how much alone time I get, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I, 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 I'll get involved. Like I've been to like, anti-racist protests mm-hmm. in you know Oakland and I've you know yelled insults at the cops like <laughs> but the you're like this. I was standing at the like with a bunch of Antifa people. It was really fun. How dare you <laughs> right? Gross. <laughs> so we're at the line of cops. They're protecting this like rally, like this racist rally that's mm-hmm. going on. And I'm just like, they're looking so mean. I go, I got a question. I go, which one of you failed your real estate exam? And then the lady in like the second role just starts giggling. I'm like I won. That, I that, won. I won that that protest.
1: That's funny. <laughs> That's good.
2: But it, some people like that want to be out in the open and be public and have YouTube channels or do whatever, like mm-hmm. do whatever you want. I I don't know. It just sometimes people make a lot of noise and that makes the cause even worse.
1: Yeah, there's so much more because the can loudest do just- people are the people you hear, and if they're not delivering it in a palatable way, or maybe like an appropriate way, or what have you, it can really kind of damage the momentum.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of good things happen when guys like like say Joe Rogan, who talk about some of this stuff and Mm -hmm. talk about it in a positive realistic way and he seems pretty woke about it and i'm going like cool like it's nice to know he surprises
1: me very often because i've been a long time listener i've started listening in the 600s he's almost to the 1400s and i had i had no idea i can uh, his shit's embedded in my brain
2: (laughs) right and i think a lot of guys are and i think that the more that they see his positive message on stuff like that, like more things like that really help to gain us more mm-hmm. acceptance and not be so ostracized. And like, I, I love making jokes. I love being open and <laughs> having that kind of thing because it's being self aware that makes it fun.
1: The, yeah. That's the shitty part is that the people who get offended are usually being offended for someone and not the actual people that were perhaps the butt of the joke. Yeah. And that really sucks. Cause it's like, now I feel disillusioned around people that I might want to, make a joke about that. I didn't. And now I didn't, I didn't have to feel that way because yeah. there's all these like white knights kind of insulating me from the actual conversation. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. But then also it emboldens you to be like cruder and like probably a little more abrasive and then say even more offensive things. So that's kind of like a catch 22. Cause I definitely like someone pushing the envelope, but then there might be um, a thin line between something that is, Purely prejudiced and not actually a creative joke or a funny joke. Yeah,
2: and there there are some really funny trans jokes out there. There's some really funny like takes. Like South Park nailed it. Like I can't stand Jenner. Like
1: oh, with the and co- I just told hate me her. about that. Where every oh. time she gets in the car, she says buckle up, and she just hits
2: people. Yes, That's I'm like so fucked. I feel like she did a lot of damage to the trans community. Like she's been a Damn. pretty horrible person, but. The thing is, is I know. we Can can't judge imagine, one for the other. Could you
1: imagine? Oh, we got one. And Then she's like, "Oh, I voted for Trump." And then it's a, like, "Oh, and, oh, and I kill people with my car." I oh, get away fuck.
2: with it because I'm rich. What a cunt! Uh, but then, then you have some other really positive examples. Like, I've never really like yelled and screamed at anyone for messing up my pronouns. I just look mm-hmm. at them and go, "Like, really? Mm, mm-hmm. Try again." Like, <laughs> that's good. Or working at the bar, like you learn to like make jokes at people. Like my, my favorite thing to do right now, like this will probably get me in trouble. But if I see a man that's looking really sad, I'm like, honey, you should smile more. Ooh, <laughs>
1: ouch dude. Yeah. You can't say that to anyone. Cause nothing pisses me off more than when someone tells me to smile. People tell me to smile as a kid. Like as if I was a girl, it was ridiculous. That was one of the first things where I was like, I can be a feminist. I know their feelings. I know what they've been to struggle. And I totally didn't, um, has there ever been moments when you've been listening to Joe Rogan and, and he's expressed something that made you uncomfortable because he wasn't as woke or didn't have the information that you agreed with?
2: Mm, honestly, nothing that's been crazy like that. The only thing that's really, the only thing that really sucks that kind of like makes me get really sad is not being able to compete. Like in jujitsu, he's pointed out a lot of things that especially in combat sports that mm-hmm. make sense that I don't argue with. I'm like, no, I definitely have an advantage over a cis woman, but I don't yeah. have an advantage over a cis male. I'm in this weird in between. And there's not enough, not enough trans fighters out there mm-hmm. to, to have their own league. Yeah. Like he proposed, which would be great. But it there's just not that many of us. Yeah. And so what, what I wish could happen and what I hope there's more of is open competitions where yeah. gender doesn't matter. You match up weight and belt like-
1: i i agree i agree i think that that if someone agrees upon which i think he all they also discussed yeah. that he said well you know if you're fine with it go for it like uh henry Cejudo's the bantamweight and the flyweight champion for the men's division in the ufc mm-hmm. and he kind of made a joke in jest about um amanda Nunes, who is the featherweight champion and bantamweight champion for the women's divisions and He's like, I'm coming for them all, you know, like all the belts. And it was kind of like, you know, just a funny joke. But then it was also like, like, could he? Like, would they agree to that? Like, because Amanda Nunes is a bad motherfucker. She literally has knocked out, dethroned every single badass, like legendary woman fighter.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: I can't think of one she hasn't. And it's fucking intense. And I don't like her. I wanted everyone else that she fought to win against her. Because I was like pro Ronda. And I was pro Holly Holm. And I like Misha Tate. And I liked Cyborg in that fight. Eh, well, I, was, I was pretty stoked to see yeah. Cyborg lose once. That was fun. It but was. Fuck. You know? And it was like, could she fight Henry Cejudo? And would it be okay? And where's the discussion? Like, would that... Bring MMA back to like the savage shit that it was treated like in the '90s.
2: I think that, like, like for that fight, an example: mm-hmm. if she closes the distance and puts mm-hmm. him on his back, it's anyone's game at that point.
1: There's no way she's putting Henry Cejudo on his back. By no. The way. no, no, I'm not think happening. So.
2: He'll pull guard. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where it's like like taking a hit like that could probably like i i have a feeling that a boy can punch way harder Mm -hmm. in that like just bone density kind of way and whatever i don't have science to back that Mm up but i think if you can get past getting hit that way or getting like i mean even connor couldn't stand you know a hit one hit put in the right place yeah no yeah he got dropped in that habib khabib fight and that was crazy because i've in
1: my knowledge, haven't really seen him get dropped. I think maybe he got dropped in the Chad yeah. Mendes fight, but that was fucking crazy. And I was like, I did not think he even had that strength. It's um, just hitting that right be, spot. Yeah, that right. Yeah, everything. Anyone gets hit in the right spot. You'll get dropped. It, it's happened to me and in plain old fist fights. Yeah.
2: But that's why I like watching, you know, um, these bigger fights or the David and Goliath fights mm-hmm. that they, they put online and stuff. It's like, you know, two different weight classes yeah. going after each other. Once they're on the ground, it's kind of anyone's game. I mean, mackenzie tapped out gabby garcia yeah that like, was crazy
1: yeah <laughs> mackenzie dern is this like um i don't know what weight class she is i think she's a bantamweight yeah, um she's little and she, she yeah her ass ain't though <laughs> um yeah she's this bantamweight and she fought a 260 pound woman or maybe even more gabby garcia in a jiu-jitsu match and uh i think Did she tap her? Did she win by points? No, she tapped her. I think she She got triangle on
2: her. She got something really high, I think. That's crazy,
1: yeah. So there is a degree where the kind of person, and Gabby Garcia has every bit of advantage over um, men her size, too, because she's a fucking beast. And I'm pretty sure she has a very good steroid connection. (laughs) She
2: has to. (laughs) She just keeps getting bigger every year. That's crazy.
1: She looks like the that villain and get smart oh my God. <laughs> um fucking what are we going what are we saying oh yeah the bone density thing and like if you agree upon it if someone's bigger than you like i see a lot of memes about jiu-jitsu where it's like oh uh it's all about weight distribution and smaller guy and technique wins and it's like but if you have a big motherfucker like it only goes so far before your technique doesn't mean anything if you can't Get over move, the stronger yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a stronger guy. You can't, your technique isn't, maybe isn't that great, or maybe it's bullshit that the technique over strength.
2: Oh, and I'm, I'm like 170 right now. Mm-hmm. I'll get tapped out by 110 pound, like oh, blue belt, no problem. Yeah. They'll Dude, just take your my, back. <laughs> my
1: fucking Nogi coach is a, he was a MMA fighter in Strike Force. He's a bantamweight. Fucking miserably mopped the floor like it was like he was cleaning the mats just with me the night late at night just used my sweat and just smeared (laughs) me I'm 205 pounds on like a good day you know what I mean I can't fucking believe the like there is arguments where technique and strength are out the door yep (laughs) but um I think it'd be pretty cool to see that fight and I think that we'll get there eventually where it is yeah agreed upon combat between opposite genders. And I think again, if there's someone identifies as one gender and wants to
2: fight an opposite gender and they agree upon it, that should be okay too. Yeah. And and I, that's the thing is I don't want to go to competition and just smash people. I want to be mm-hmm. put up with someone, my size, my weight, my, you know, whatever that yeah, is and whoever's okay level. with it. Yeah. Like boy, girl doesn't matter. I think they should
1: absolutely have a co-ed competition. Yeah. Cause it gives the opportunity for people who are alienated because of, their position in life being in a transition or not having no one to really compete with. Yeah. That sucks because, you know, you shouldn't be.
2: Well, and not to mention, there's not many women that show up to these tournaments. So half the time, like, they'll only get to fight a quarter of what the men do mm-hmm. because there's not enough women that, that are in the weight class. Yeah. Women
1: have more medals in Jiu Jitsu because yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know, I think it should be a little bit more that that's way. That's why I
1: have all those weightlifting medals. No one else my size shut up. <laughs> one way to do it oh man that's why i'm champion no i won that shit so i outlifted someone but they like divide it in so many different weight classes and i was looking at all the different uh there's ranking and then there's weight class and then there's age groups like that's three different separations and if maybe there isn't someone who's 205 pounds 24 years old and a white belt those people are usually blue or purple belts by now or they you know are I don't know. I yep. don't even know. My dog's still up there. Thought Seems content. <laughs> Seems yeah. content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not fucking with me. Alright, let's see it. What's another one? I think I think that's it for questions. Oh cool. I don't know if I had any more here. What'd you want to be to grow up? I mean, besides a lady.
2: <laughs> that's the problem. I never got much further past that. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Well, um, so
1: what do you and so now that you're growing up as a lady, what do you want to be?
2: I I don't know yet. I keep trying to figure out what I want to do like I went, like the bouncer was a really fun like you know Mm -hmm. get through stuff job but you can't be 65 being a bouncer no I don't want to roadhouse this (laughs) and then um, right now I'm working at a hotel and it's it's not bad it's fun it's it's a corporate job Mm -hmm. and beyond that I didn't go to school I didn't do anything like that I just started kind of traveling after high school just bouncing around Mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm kind of open right now. I'm kind of looking. I'm like, oh, so I do like the rest of the punk girls that are like in their thirties and just get an office girl job. <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> right. One of those. Cause I, I really like training. I want something that allows me the time to do this. I do it like three to four times a week and it's pretty much all I do. Like mm-hmm. I don't really have much of a social life outside of it. I know.
1: I hear about that all the time. And I think about the lack of a social life I already have. And I thought, I would love if I could, could just step up. <laughs> yeah, I could really fill this time with something fun since I'm not having it anyway.
2: Yeah, and it does fill that void of like like for me, like <laughs> a lot of girls like to cut themselves growing up. I rode a skateboard like you said. Like that was my way of like having that and jujitsu scratches that itch it scratches that like my body you get scratched
1: in jujitsu and it itches don't come back you need to put some fucking (laughs) back teen on that You need to put some jock itch spray on it you're gonna give me ringworm don't fucking do it
2: right no three years and i haven't got it yet (laughs) dude if
1: someone looks at me that's too sweaty i get ringworm or i get like some sort of bacterial infection um that jock itch spray has antimicrobial, like antibacterial, uh, antifungal stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um. In it, I just spray that all over my body, <laughs> like after if I think I'm even getting it. So I just always have a can of it. It looks like I must have like the world's grossest crotch anywhere I go because I always have this <laughs> fucking spray can well, with gross. me. But yeah, it's a good thing to do. Um. Why do you think girls cut themselves?
2: They don't like. When do girls get rough play? Ooh. Think about it. I've never thought about it like that. Like unless they're in some sort of sports, which they're looked at for being mm-hmm. lesbians if they like sports. Well, they usually are. Yeah, yeah. Softball. especially softball. <laughs> um, but I think that it, this is just my armchair philosophy on it is I think that they want that that rough play. They want something that that hurts, and they don't really get that in any way. They, yeah, think about how outlet. many like
1: Rihanna songs are about the way it hurts and how it feels good. And,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, it, and just in general, I think that... I mean, that's why like 50 shades of gray and that shit's like really popular. Mm. It's like introduction to BDSM, which is, it seems like just a jujitsu is really similar. It's like Mm. we, we have safe words. It's called the tap. Yeah. That's so cool. It's called, it's tap. Yeah. (laughs) Like that works in all situations and it's, I don't know, it's scratching an itch. I think that people really need, and I think cutting can be a way of like, getting a similar feeling, but it's doesn't even come close. You really
1: opened my eyes to that. Cause I never had any idea why anyone would have wanted to do that. And I thought it was inanely stupid. And I just, just like you like, stay away from me. <laughs> you cut yourself.
2: Here. Well, or like running, like a lot of girls do like distance mm-hmm. running and shit. That hurts. That's <laughs> a painful activity. It really hurts when you got <laughs>
1: big, thick thighs like me. <laughs> They <laughs> fucked up ankles from skateboarding. Oh, same running sucks. My ankle is clicking like a,
2: Oh, that's mine. It no, does it every, no, every time i move. Oh, I heard yours. Yeah. I'm like, I'm feeling mine. Mine's more oh, like, God.
1: like coins moving around in your hand. Just,
2: Just wait till you're in your thirties. That skateboard shit catches up to you,
1: dude. I'm getting on TRT as soon as I can <laughs> there and you fucking go. putting stem cells in my ankles as soon as I can.
2: You'll get fresh acne. You'll break out again. Oh God, I'm <laughs> get all so... Ribbed. I'm just... <laughs>
1: I was just stoked about not having acne. I have this, like, new... I do use this bar soap, Dr. Squatch. You've seen ads for that shit on Instagram and Facebook? I used it back yeah. in the day. Used it back in the day. Well, I just started using it, and it's really good at, like, getting... Like, my skin's clear for the most part. I think, like, I got a couple, like, breakouts because... I had some hardcore McDonald's on the way <laughs> oh back from LA <laughs> and that place is, that is actual poison. The See, the thing that happens in the bathroom after you eat McDonald's is worse than any ar- articulation people have <laughs> made about Chipotle or Taco Bell. It's fucking toxic waste. I feel like I just want to leave my body. It is not okay. It's fucking actual garbage. You put it, put into your body and then it comes out even worse. It's fucking Poison. It's sludge. I agree. Oh, <laughs> I hate that stuff. God. But it was so good. God. Yeah, we did In-N-Out after training last night. Oh, dude. In-N-Out's fine. I could eat that. It was anytime. so good. I get Flying Dutchman like a motherfucker. I do it because it's less calories, pisses off vegans, and it's delicious. <laughs> and it's like, where could I fucking go and get all three of those things? It's fucking. Anywhere better? It's fucking fantastic. Oh, I could go for some in and out son of a bitch oh, fucking ugh. you ever look at the your calendar and go wow payday is so far away will i ever make it that's how i feel right now i'm fucking dying for some in and out and some
2: jujitsu <laughs> yeah no i know the feeling it's it's not fun Fuck.
1: <laughs> i think i covered everything on this page which is might be a first because usually like I get sidetracked very easily. Maybe your weed helped me focus. <laughs> See,
2: we wandered around we always tied fantastic. it up. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I have anything to add right now. Do no. you have anything to add or anything you're curious about? How about this? If you yeah. ever wanted to ask a white cis male questions or understand anything about the male experience or the dude boy experience that you okay. were alienated with?
2: No, I got I actually have one for you. All the, right. But but it's it's related a little bit more. Alright. So what would you do if you had gone out, met a girl, mm-hmm. really liked her, brought her home, and she's like, by the way, I have a dick. What would your like response be? What would you think? Because
1: I'd, I'd think that um, I hope it's big enough for both hands to hold when I'm fucking them from behind so I have something to keep <laughs> steady. <laughs>
2: <laughs> fucking her from behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> No, that's a good answer. Because... That's my answer because
1: I've been waiting for <laughs> someone to ask me that forever. I had that prepared and everything. Oh, like, you're awesome. going to have to work out.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, but that's that's one of the fears is like if going out and meeting someone. You know,
1: I don't know because it kind of makes me a little shaky, a little anxious when you ask me and I think about it. Because
2: it's a weird thing. It's, it's a different type of scenario.
1: It's definitely a different type of scenario. It's I'd, like I get to home. And
2: say, go, oh, I'm magically Asian. It's a it's a different kind of thing. Yeah. Well, if
1: they're <laughs> magically Asian, I'd be magically into it. See, exactly. Be fucking great. <laughs> um, I don't know. Part of me thinks I'd be fucking down for the cause. <laughs> like <laughs> fucking, you only live once, fuck it <laughs> But then part of me is also like, this is what I agreed to. <laughs> what is this about? And then part of me would be like, thank God there's this law now. And then I'd shoot him. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, did <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> the only reason that I ask is like, well, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm visibly trans, like, okay, people, especially my voice, like my voice gives away everything, I feel like, <clears throat> but you know, I have friends and this kind of stuff that I worry about, or I'm like, mm, you pass mm-hmm. really well. Like what is the etiquette here? How soon before you're talking to somebody, do you be like, by the way, I'm a different kind of girl. Yeah. Like, cause well, you, you don't want to, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> this is the bad etiquette podcast. So I couldn't give you a proper oh, response to that. Point. You fucker. Um, <laughs> gosh, I don't even know. It just wouldn't happen. I just feel like, I'm sorry, this isn't what I agreed to. This is yeah. not what I thought I was getting into. Um, I respectfully decline. I think I'd hopefully have a, I don't know, my mom taught me to be respectful in all scenarios and treat people of all of all um, mistakes.
2: There are there a are <laughs> few like you because um, on, Tinder, on Tinder, I got responses very similar mm-hmm. to that, where I'd be like, my first question, I always asked everyone, I was like, just want to check first that you read yeah. my profile. And a lot of the guys would have a similar um, answer going like, hey, I didn't read it. You're mm-hmm. really cute though, but sorry, I'm not in, into trans girls. I'm like, wonderful answer. That's very appropriate. That's it was really nice to have that that honesty like right up front mm-hmm. and also not being condescending or being mean. It was just like- Not mean spirited. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: important too. Because I feel like um, there is an idea of the person that gets turned down by the straight guy that- victimizes themselves and then turns it into something that they can use as like identity politicking clout
2: or or even just virtue signaling, just a way of like, Oh, feel sorry for me or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like I I really tried not to play. Like I would get really bummed when people would stand me up on a date after agreeing to one, but it was like, why do you think they stood you up? I don't know. I think that sometimes people like they're okay with an idea or something like it's weird. Like the last one I got stood up on, the guy sent me a message the day before we were supposed to meet. I message mm-hmm. him about, hey, where are you we're gonna go meet up and go kayaking. Yeah. And then the time we were supposed to go kayaking two hours past that, he sent me a text going, Sorry, I was hungover. I'm like, Cool, well I'm done here. So that one was just kinda like, well, like I, that was a lie. Yeah. I do things hungover all the time. It's great. Exactly. <laughs> so it was just one of those things where I'm like There's a repeat pattern of stuff like that. Do you think
1: that in his mind that was the easiest way to break the news to someone or to stand someone up without being rude or maybe he didn't know how to tell someone because it's a unique situation how he felt and that's how he learned to do it?
2: I think there's a lot of that. I think... Especially boys aren't really good at expressing themselves. No, and so I think that that <laughs> played a big part in in it. And I think that's why it's kind of happened that people like like the idea at first, but then they start to think, well, what would my parents say? What would my friends say? Am I gonna yeah. deal with this? And what if I get seen? And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, never mind. And they just kind of it seems like a nice idea, especially when you think someone's attractive. And I'm coming to terms that I might be a little bit cute. <laughs> like <I'm, laughs> it's kind of nice. I like that. And I. I I like the attention. It's nice. But at the same time, it was just like, I think I'm going to have to build this with a friendship. I think it's going to have to be if I do end up dating a guy or anything, it's just going to be something that happens kind of organically. Yeah, it, I guess so. It'd be. A, yeah.
1: That's the best kind of relationship you do want to have with someone, too, because you can't always bank on something spontaneous working out. Yeah. And sometimes most of the time I don't think it does. And I think when you're long-term friends with someone or you have a really f- solid foundation, like, like I wouldn't be with Kylie this long if we weren't, we are were friends and not just friends. We were like sexting and stuff for like fucking years before we met each other in person. Yeah. And it turned into like the fucking, I, she's my best friend. Like yeah. I don't ever want to have anyone replace that role in my life. You know what I mean? And it yeah. would, I don't think you could just happen upon that on tinder maybe no. maybe someone does i've never heard of it i mean <laughs> and i did meet her on facebook but maybe you could do it on tinder and then you have this long form friendship and then it blossoms into something hopefully
2: well and that's kind of the thing is so when i transitioned i lost most of my friends that because they were my ex's friends okay. they, they all knew her first mm-hmm. and so they kind of stuck with her when she said, "Oh hey, yeah, I, lo- I like yeah.
1: being able to pick a side in the divorce. Right. That's fun. <laughs> my friend and his girlfriend broke up and I was like, Hey man, you can have me in the divorce. And he was like, no, it's not like that. And I was like, yes, That's it is. Good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Fucker.
2: Well, and so I was rebuilding my friend group and I'm going like the one thing that I do lack and not that I'm looking for like a, a, another partner, but it's like, I don't really I hope have, not. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> I know <laughs> right? you have any free
1: time yourself. I think you're full of
2: it. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I miss hanging out with like, I miss hanging out with some of the, the guy friends that I had Yeah, and not for like dating reasons or anything like that. But it was for like, you, you bring a different energy. You're, you're not like one of the girls. And I just, I've mm-hmm. kind of been away from boys for like almost two years. And it'd be nice just to be around that, that type of friendship Dude, again. Dude energy too. Yeah. You get that fucking, it's another ingredient. I think- um, And it also like feels validating to be treated a certain way in a, in a friend group like that because it, 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 and not to be selfish, but it's like, it helps you understand also, more. Also, when's the
1: last time you were treated- like a lady by men that you were friends with in a group like that. You probably don't have that experience, right? Exactly. So that's like an entirely new layer of validation. You can have an experience. And I think that, um, it informs you having both sides of the coin, uh, you know, you know, either of the genders and just have the fucking like wherewithal to understand, like these are common concepts between men and between women. And you get, I think the best way to understand yourself is understanding like your enemy, so to speak, or mm-hmm. like having an understanding of what the antithesis is, because it strengthens either your argument or your position in life, or like we keep saying, validates yeah your role. So,
2: well, it's it's some of the hobbies that I have too. There so so that can voice. yeah,
1: well, they can almost go back entirely to the why is it important having conversations um, with transgender people and about them is. You to learn to grow to have these people that need this understanding and need both dynamics. And now they can have it. That's really cool, and that's really important. And yeah. I think that's why it's important to be in each other's lives. You know, when you can. You know, so I'm a fucking recluse. So
2: <laughs> same. Yeah. So
1: sometimes it's not so easy, but you can still have uh, a like you said, like how Rogan says things that. help other people yeah open their minds to the idea that this is okay or that is okay and he has changed my life immensely in that way i talk about it frequently on here and i you know i try not to overdo it because i don't want this just to seem like a little spunk bubble offshoot of his podcast (laughs) but yeah
2: well and that's the nice thing being at the gym as long as i have is some of the boys there knew me before I transitioned and some of them only know me as who I am now. And they have all learned and adapted over that time because I've transitioned at the gym Mm -hmm. and they switched their pronouns. These guys that are straight like killers that mm-hmm. are like these high level guys.
1: They're usually the coolest people on earth.
2: They're so sweet. They're so nice. Like one of them was, that gave me a hug the other day and was always like, Hey, if anyone ever bothers you, it's like to be treated like that little sister type mm-hmm. is really nice because I feel not only protected by them, but also realized that anyone else that comes up in their family, their lives, they'll already have that understanding mm-hmm. and already be protective of them just because of Good. how they yeah. act towards me. Yeah, there you go because they know what I went through. They know that I was there training because of interactions mm-hmm. and they know these things and it it was so nice to have them go, "Hey, if you're ever in a bar situation, try this." Yeah. and to do these things and that is so nice to have that that validation, that input and that mm-hmm. like connection with them. Fuck yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I'm happy you had that experience too because I hear it ain't that easy out there being
2: a trans person. <laughs> it's It's different. It's definitely not all negative. That's for sure. That's good. There's a lot of fun. I'm happy about that because
1: I hear a lot of atrocious things that happen in this world. And some of them are like you can almost like this trans panic law you mentioned. Like there's this fucking distant understanding of this person getting so scared that they get angry. And they get very, and they can become violent, and you can become overwhelmed with insecurity, and then they attack someone. And I think, I don't even know what I think. That's just like, that's it's something so new, layered, kind of new to so me. So, later, there's so much. yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, that's another reason why it's important to have these conversations, is because there's so many layers and so many different um, avenues of understanding. You can have two either side and then you bridge the gap and you grow and you connect as people. Yeah. And then there's less bad shit in the world. Cause you can empathize and sympathize.
2: Exactly. And I'm, I'm glad that, that <laughs> you're one of these guys that like from listening to your podcast, I'm like, this is one of the good ones. This is someone who is, wanting to learn and seeking out new information It's the people that are closed off that are really st- like scary.
1: Oh, sweetie. I'm as closed minded as they come. Don't get, are me you wrong. really? Cause you don't <laughs>
2: seem that way. <laughs>
1: like, I'm very stubborn and I don't want to new, know new stuff very often,
2: but here you are. <laughs> it's true. So uh, I think I know better. Yeah.
1: I know. I, I know it's like, even if I feel that I have an incorrect thought process, I'll extend, try to expose myself to something to change it because i i feel like um no one's perfect and they everyone contains prejudices and they need to identify them and i think comedy is a great way to identify them because i could turn it into something that is understood universally and i can filter out whatever prejudice aspect there was to it Mm -hmm. and i can talk about i don't know I can fill in the blank. I'll have to look at my horrible <laughs> jokes I've written. <laughs> but I really appreciate that about um, where I can understand something and relate to someone that had an objective thought, or excuse me, subjective thought, and it might be uh, subversive. Right. And I can go, whoa, but you made it funny, and I related to that, and now I can move past it, and it's now palatable and I can consume it and the reception is just easier.
2: Oh no. 100% really important
1: for that reason.
2: And the, the more times people can <laughs> take jokes and not be offended mm-hmm. like there's no reason to look for offense in this stuff. It's really like, if you hear their intent you know, what's funny. Like mm-hmm. when Ricky Gervais tried to tell the trans jokes, he just came off as mean. It wasn't even, <laughs> I don't it, know those. Oh God, they're terrible. Like Ooh, he just, I can't wait to hear them. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's very hacky. It's just not funny. And, but then you have other people that can make jokes. Like, like the one you like two mm-hmm. two podcasts ago, that made me laugh out loud. I'm like, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that because it wasn't mean. And it was very like, it's just being aware. It's pretty funny.
1: It wasn't even a trans joke. It was just like, that's a fucking, it's either a translator <laughs> or that's a fucking guy.
2: Yeah. And so that I think that there needs to be more of that. There needs to be more people that are like
1: open like, to lo- fucking around. Yeah. Not letting it go right up their ass. Yeah.
2: Because you can, it can be done. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I appreciate you
1: acknowledging me and my <laughs> podcast. That was very. Yeah. E- ego inflating
2: <laughs> feels good. Well, anything to add? No, I think you want to close this. <laughs> Just thank you. This is really fun. I fuck yeah, dude. It's really like I'm really insecure about my voice, so coming out and doing this and oh, like, well, good luck listening to it. Oh god, it's going to kill me. <laughs> you're
1: not. I don't even think that's um exclusive to someone that's transitioning or transitioned. Everyone I talked to is like. Oh my god, I hate my voice. I'm not right. (laughs) Too bad. Me too. Every time I listen to it, I go, why can't I just say the word (laughs) evenly? Why can't my lips open all the way? Or I'll like mess a word up and God, I feel like there's like I'm definitely a fat kid right here with my fucking my (laughs) husky lips trying to say words that come out badly.
2: Ugh. Oh yeah, no, my problem is like, I'll sound like a mix of like a New Jersey smoker and Linda Belcher, like, and I've tried way too hard on my voice.
1: (laughs) That's funny. She has a perfect voice.
2: Oh, it's wonderful.
1: (laughs) Well, Lirial, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been really fun. I really appreciate uh, you coming to let me ask you all these fucking questions and sharing your journey with me. And uh, I'd love to have you back sometime.
2: Sure. That sounds fine. Thank you. Fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. Until next time, everyone. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of the bad etiquette podcast brought to you by me and Remy the dog. And if you'd like to support me in any way, shape or form, just go like, rate, view, subscribe, share with your friends and maybe you can donate to my PayPal. So far, I've had a total of um, uh, no one. So I get it i get it it's always have free content okay but sometimes it's not free for me i love you guys uh thank you so much for listening bye